does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You heard the man, it's a Friday, hanging out with you. We're making it to the weekend. How about that in the drivehubler.com studios? And KB, I hope you, you listened to the game last night between Florida and Utah because you sure didn't see it. And we can open with that. Obviously, all the stuff still from Chris Ballard, Indiana, Purdue, college football is in action. And we got you here for the next three hours on the fan. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy. I'm Andy, Andy Sweeney, Kevin Bowen, hanging out with you. What's going on, fellas? How are we doing on this morning where none of us watch football? Beautiful Friday. I, I actually had it on. I did too. A little AT&T U-verse action for me. Well, yeah. I, was, I was screwed on this one, fellas. YouTube TV for me. Yeah, YouTube I know. TV. So Spectrum action at the Sweeney well, Airbnb right now? Every Everything I have as I clean up the old home is all Spectrum, and then the bachelor pad that I have is Spectrum as well. So I'm not in a good spot. By the way, KB is full fighting Irish today. Let's and, go. And I did not notice it until we hit the mics. Until until Mark hit on on the microphones, I had no idea how decked out you were. You look great. Do we have a spread for the Tennessee State game tomorrow for the Irish? <laughs> I'm a little confused why they're playing. And a half. I don't know. Why they're playing the week after in Dublin. But, uh, yes, the Irish play tomorrow. Are again, they playing? It's Tennessee State. Big in guy. earnest, yeah. Indiana and Purdue obviously get their schedules underway. Week three of high school football looks to be a pretty nice night yeah. here and another nice start to this Friday morning. So, appreciate everybody tuning in. You know, it's kind of funny when you look at Purdue and Indiana opening up this, this weekend. I don't say it very often, and I think it's a joke, really, with you know IU fans of like, oh yeah, you, you know Purdue fans, you guys try playing in the Big Ten East on an annual basis, and what that schedule provides. With Purdue now having the crossover games this year with Ohio State and Michigan, it's almost like Purdue's schedule is pretty comparable to Indiana. You can make the argument even that I think Purdue might have a more difficult. What Purdue has on their schedule, or I should say, what Indiana has that Purdue doesn't have. Indiana's got two games that should be. Automatic W's. I look at Purdue schedule. I'm like, are any of these automatic W's? Even tomorrow, <laughs> including, including tonight. Or yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, Fresno oh, State, four and a half point favorite. Sounds like Purdue's pretty banged up on their O line. Going to miss their their top tight end. I know Fresno's uh, bringing in a new quarterback. Their coach, by the way, Jeff Tedford. Remember that? Name? I remember Jeff Tedford. Yeah, long time college coach. And you know, it was funny watching Florida and Utah last night. It got me thinking that there is, and I think you honestly, Andy, would be probably one of the people that could speak to it a little bit better. I forgot that Anthony Richardson was not recruited by Billy Napier and that Florida staff. He was right. a Dan Mullen yeah. recruit. Dan Mullen certainly has had some quarterback success. 100% he has. In yeah. his time. And I think there's a lot of people around the Florida program that feel like you know Richardson, whatever, his growth or his success at Florida was stunted a bit by Billy Napier and that staff. You watch Florida play football last night, you can see why. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. We never did this because so many things. It's funny, you know, things that like segments that don't end up working out. There was one day, KB, where we were going to do why I was going to buy into Anthony Richardson. Wasn't that last week or was it early this week? And we never got into it because of trade demands and compensation. 
station and Chris Ballard speaking with the media uh, and everything else. Okay, so if you don't mind, uh, and I may sound like local radio gas bag honk here, okay? But if you don't mind, maybe in about 30 minutes, can I stand up for the Colts for on, sure. one, on one item? Uh, some any, of the, any tease in relation yeah, to yeah, where well, the item's going to be? I can tease it that the Miami media, I did a little deep dive yesterday because I have nothing to do, okay? Although the wife is in town. Uh, I, oh, know, I, I Literally, you know, not much is going on in my life. And so I do a little deep dive into Twitter on, you know, I use Barry Jackson as a jumping off point who is a respected journalist who has followed uh, the Miami Dolphins and the Miami sports scene. And then I then I move to the guys that maybe aren't as reputable um, and just the, the whining and crying from the Miami media that they didn't get uh, as of yet, Jonathan Taylor. And then I found interesting, we mentioned it in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday, KB, Miles Gaskin, one of the running backs, uh, ends up on the 53-man roster with the Minnesota Vikings. And then yesterday, which should be no surprise, they have a bunch of injured running backs, Jeff Wilson's going to miss the first four games. And the only reason I bring that up is, this is the team that wanted Jonathan Taylor the most, right? And they have a running back that's gone, they have Wilson who's going to miss the first four games, and we know, uh, listen, I like Mostert, I, I have him in a league or two, okay? You know, on the bench, he could get a lot of work early, but we know that he can miss eight games a year, right? <laughs> go back. Last year he played 16, go back the other years. And so I think it's, uh, I want to stand up for the Colts, we can talk about the injuries there, does that change anything? I know Jake and company, they talked a lot about, you know, uh, uh, Chris Baller talking about the injury to Jonathan Taylor, what does that do, not do for his trade value? Smart thing, dumb thing, we can dive into that, but I, I know it didn't affect you guys, but how many people in Indianapolis could not watch the, uh, the football game last night, and the college football season continues tonight uh, and obviously Saturday it's 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 all that's what we're going to be doing well I guess good news if you are a fan well I, I guess now that I think about it isn't CBS out in some um, respective cable companies because yeah. Indiana and Ohio State that's CBS 330 Purdue I believe is Big Ten Network I'd have to double check that Mark you mind looking that up Purdue and Fresno State sure. uh, the uh, TV for there that'll be a noon by the way I love that Mike Allstott is an honorary captain I want Purdue to just give the fullback the ball you're like in good th- hands 37 times. Thank you, Chris Bertman. You're oh, good I mean, uh, Yeah, Saturday. Big Ten Network for Fresno State, Purdue. I mean, Purdue Fresno State smells like the Big Ten Network. It yeah. does. You I, made I, I him look know. it up, but you knew that was on well, the Big I, Ten Network. I thought there was a chance we might go FS1. You know, it Fair screams enough. a little FS1. Fair enough. On that end. Yeah, if you missed it last night, again, Florida, incredibly unprepared. Um, the fact that Graham Mertz is their quarterback is probably everything you need to know. About and he's where wearing number 15. They were fielding punts inside the five. It was laughable. Uh, Utah with their backup quarterback, they went handily. Uh, the Big Ten game from last night, Minnesota and Nebraska. Yeah. It is amazing that... I forget the stat now. They flashed it up there late in that game. Nebraska now in one-possession games... They're like two of their last 12, two of their last 14. They were up seven points late in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, Minnesota converts a fourth and 10, and they hit a field goal there at the buzzer, and boom. For the YouTube audience, what does it say? Matt Rule stinks. I told you that yesterday. Really? I'm not, I'm not you, you, you are Rule fan. anti-Matt Rule. I'm, I'm, you're learning little things about me. Anti-Dak Prescott, anti-Matt Rule. 
That's some. It it's sounds an, like some NFC East bias. Well, it's, out it's, of you an, it's an odd place to, to plant my flag with Ma- Matt, Matt Rule. Rule has a pretty darn impressive uh, college uh, resume. <laughs> Well, he's 0 for 1 this year. He hasn't even won a game in 2023. Didn't he cover? Um, yeah. Covered. <laughs> I guess he, 13 to 10. Let's kick off the Big Ten season. Well, yeah, 13 to, to 10 was with Minnesota and Nebraska. I mean, that, that is, that is a Big time. Ten score if there ever was one. <laughs> By the way, Mark, you need to tell who someone brought Shout us. Shout out to Q. Q brought us PBR and donuts. Yes. It's literally... I've had some bubble guts if I'm going to raise my hand, and I'm oh thinking boy. to myself, is this the best avenue for me in repairing that? Just chug a bottle of Pepto after you're done. It just, I'm just on my sh- second donut. Thank I you, Q. Too. Thank you very Absolutely much. outstanding. Yes, thank you, Q. I don't, well, I don't know if I can go the PBR you. just yet, but in the month of September is here. Everybody safe Whoa. travels for those that are traveling this weekend. I know it's a pretty be- busy weekend for... Um, for travel, the NFL actually mandates three days off. So Colts players, um, today, tomorrow, Sunday, they are able to head back to their respective homes across the U.S., get a little R&R before things really ramp up. Starting Monday, the Colts will have a walkthrough on Monday and then get into their practice week Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yesterday out at practice, still no Zach Moss. Um, he has now missed a month with that broken arm. Shane Steichen dropped the hopefully he'll be ready week one. Yeah. Uh, and Shane Steichen injury lingo, I, I don't know if I believe anything, <laughs> frankly, because he's dropped the, oh, we, you know, we feel like hopefully sooner rather than later for Jelani Woods. Well, now Jelani Woods is on injured reserve. So um, I think it's a very iffy thing uh, a week from Sunday. You know, I, it, it's a broken arm, you know, some sort of contact you would think would need to happen in a practice setting for Zach Moss to be ready. And right now, uh, it'll be the Deion Jackson, Evan Hall show. Of course, we'll get a little bit more clarity on that situation next week. Do we see any veteran running back? Uh, but that was the latest in terms of the running back next to Anthony Richardson a week from Sunday. Do you see the C on the chest of Anthony Richardson? I did. Up on September 10th? Yeah, I, I had a buddy say, did, did, he, did he earn that or is it just BS? I'm like, I mean, do people care about who's the captain of the football team? Like, like pro-wise, like, isn't the quarterback always... If Anthony Richardson wasn't the captain, that would be probably the lead today, would it not? Why is Anthony Richardson not the captain? I thought Zaire Franklin <laughs> had a pretty good quote yesterday. He's like, I mean, you're QB1, you gotta be the captain. Uh, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. There's not anything that I care. No, it's no offense. I care less about in 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 football than the nine guys that get picked to know, be the I'm captain like, boy, of the football seven team. Seven captains. I'm like, what happened to the olden days where you just threw out three captains? <laughs> they walked to midfield and they came. I mean, seven captains. That's everybody. What gets is that it. like? 20, 15, 15, 20% of your roster. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets to be uh, a, a captain. So, uh, Rake Straw going to join us. What time? 8 o'clock today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Taylor going to join us as well. Uh, and just quickly, I know we're up against it here. I, I mean, it is a big deal, the battle right now with ESPN and Spectrum. I mean, last, no- last night for as the game, you mean you're Literally sitting down. Literally 8 o'clock, yeah. Yeah, and I know, mm-hmm. you know, you may not care about Florida and Utah, but you sit down. It's an SEC school it's a it's a top 15 team it's kind of you know i know you had the week zero but you sit down on a thursday our bodies are going to be now used to thursday football whether it be college or it be in the nfl and you sit down and it goes out and then even if you're a missouri fan okay okay let's go let's look at the other channels kb you go to the sec network you can't do that 
Uh, and it, it's it, not just ESPN. It, it, no, it's not just the ESP, uh, the ESPN stations. And so now it's uh, all the Disney stations, you know, right? I, yes. And so I'm going to be I'm going to be doing what Mark has, and that is the uh, the AT and T internet followed mm-hmm. by the YouTube TV. But I'm not there yet. I'm like a week or two away from being there. And so like I am legit, and it's it's rare that it affects this many people, right? Usually you have a local battle of some kind, right? There's and I know Indianapolis is used to that. There is a local yeah, CBS Fox. Right exactly. Now, yeah. There is a local CBS or NBC or Fox. There is some sort of local battle. But I mean, this flooded my timeline yesterday. I'm wondering the percentage of people here in the Indianapolis area that were affected. And I can do the thing that ESPN and Spectrum aren't caring about the fan, and and, and we we understand all of that. But like you know, ESPN needs to raise their prices. Spectrum trying to battle that and so Spectrum it's their fault they kick it off at 8 o'clock and I mean we sit here today I mean Jeff Brom's first game not at Purdue today <laughs> I'm just using that uh, as an example there's football tonight there's football tonight and then you know college game day coming up at 10 a.m. on Saturday will we be able to watch any of it I have no idea at this point where any of this stands it's it, it's it's really frustrating though that's what it is yeah maybe it's a little bit of a check of my life's priorities but I'm like gosh why can't like cable be be simple for me. You know, it, do, do I just need to go full on, you know, full on streaming route? It, it, I'm so hesitant to cut the cord. I'm nervous about it. I'm like, boy, am I ready for that? You know, I'm naturally a pretty risk averse human. Uh, luckily, and again, right now, I'm currently without CBS and Fox with my AT&T U-verse, but Spectrum you know, didn't impact me last night from right. the ESPN standpoint. But yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time. I mean, I've had to what was it? Was it at Buffalo? Yeah, at Buffalo is when I had to go to the Bunny Years to watch the first. <laughs> you had to go to the Bunny Years? Colts preseason game. Oh, man. Yeah. Did so, you go buy some? Did you had to go to Walmart no, actually, or something to buy some? Honestly, I actually had it dating back to like the last time this you know sort of dispute happened. Good for happened you. Here, Good so. for you. I had to pull I mean, those back a, out. And... There's a litany of games, man. I mean, Miami, Miami of Ohio is tonight. Um, I mean, Eastern Michigan's on. Louisville, Georgia Tech is on. Um, Missouri, Kansas. I mean, all these tonight, games to be are games. Fair, is kind of a, a degenerate a night. night of yeah. Friday well, football. I, I would think that the high school aspect of it will probably serve a lot of people tonight. Uh, our game here on these airwaves, you're going to get Center Grove and Trinity. So down in Andy's neck of the woods, Trinity coming up and taking on the three-time defending 6A state champion. So Greg Rakeshaw will join us at 8 to talk about that. Again, Matt Taylor at 9. There was a Shane Steichen question that, boy, I was on the edge of my seat to ask yesterday, and I just... I had to refrain. I, I will share that, and, and I'm still thinking, was there any regret by me in not asking that question? So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Beautiful, beautiful Friday. Purdue and Indiana get things underway tomorrow. Great way to close out the week and start the month of September. You're listening to The Wake Up Call. KB and Andy here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, let's get you set here on this Friday morning check down. Reds host the Cubs. They have two games today. How about that little day baseball for KB and company? Now or never. Reds and Cubs, 110, followed by 640 tonight. The biggest uh, news, I think, in Red Leg Land, picking up Harrison Bader and Hunter Renfro. How about that? So I, I don't they know. can pitch, right? They can pitch, <laughs> right? I know. 
Lodolo out out for the year. Quite the announcement yesterday. I don't remember this waiver wire thing being as crazy as I feel like it has been this year. No, Is this it's like new. a rule change. Yeah, it's something happened. Yeah, it's a rule change. It's a new thing where you can dump guys at the yeah. Everyone's dumping guys at the end of the year. Well, the Angels the didn't Angels want to go over the luxury tax because they stunk it up, and then Otani's out. So they're like, well, we tried to go for it, forget it. So they dumped everybody. But like, I don't. I don't really like how there's no rolling waiver. Like the Guardians is racked up like three arms and. Like, do we need to give baseball teams more reason to tank or to sell? Like, it feels like we we already do that. You know what it feels like if someone's behind in your fantasy league and they try yeah. to pull the fast one where they you know dump all of their good players so their buddy yeah. can pick up good players and win the league and maybe throws them a couple bucks for doing them a solid. Mm-hmm. That's what this feels like. I know it seems a bit shady. Yeah. on that end, like, but the Guardians should have been able to get one guy and then and move you know, to the back and of the, and back of the list, line, yeah. rolling like like the fantasy football waiver wire. You roll the end of the line. That's how it should work. They shouldn't get three. They need guys. to consult ESPN. Mark Dykton Selig right here with some MLB advice. All right, college football getting you set for this weekend. Again, Purdue and Fresno State at noon. The Boilermaker is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. A lot of home games in the renovated Ross-Aid here in the month of September for Purdue. We'll see if they can take care of business. And Ryan Walters, opener Tom Allen and the Hoosiers, 3.30 p.m. That is a CBS game on Saturday and Ohio State has announced they're going to play two quarterbacks. Indiana has yet to announce their plan of attack at quarterback and at kicker, which is obviously a huge competitive advantage for Indiana <laughs> heading in to their opener. Uh, last night, uh, Florida looked inept. Utah won with their backup quarterback, and the Big Ten looked like the Big Ten with Minnesota and Nebraska, right? Can I give you some sound on this? And I should so, say the Big Ten West looked like the Big Ten West. I tell you what, we're running behind. Let me do that in the 8 o'clock hour. But Utah, I mean, last night, Florida having two guys on the field that had the same number, which turned into a touchdown a couple plays later, is absolutely fantastic. Team USA winners early this morning. This game fi- Boy, finished that was, about that was some shaky it, moments. It, it really was. I mean, this was a uh, what? Uh, what I believe? Uh, I believe USA uh, trailed at halftime. Down one and a half. Down one and a half. Eighty-five, seventy-three. Your final there. If you're wondering how Halliburton did, did pretty damn good. Ten points, six assists, a couple rebounds, a couple steals. And I've seen on Twitter a lot of people say, "Hey, you need to be starting Halliburton." Yes, yeah, so I watched pretty much the entire second half. Halliburton was in the game. Late in that yeah. game, two Him, three minutes Austin to go. Reeves, yep. Paulo Boncaro, that bench unit uh, relied on a lot. Anthony Edwards was outstanding in the second half, but yeah, they were. It was a one possession game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, Bulls center, had 18 points for Montenegro. So Team USA does win. They pull away late, um, so they will advance now to the final eight. Lithuania on Sunday, and then again they will be in the final eight coming up next week. Uh, Lastly, a couple items of note. Again, the Fever back in action tonight. They've got five games to go. They're over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And Portland, that is where IndyCar is now heading. The month of September means IndyCar heads out west. So the Portland race, our coverage will begin coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll see if Alex Pillow can finally officially clinch the season series with Scott Dixon winning these back-to-back races. All right, on the other side, again, there was some... Uh, should I ask Shane Steichen this question? <laughs> should I not ask him? I decided not to. I'll explain my regret on the other side. It's the wake-up call. KB and Andy here, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, thanks for waking us, uh, waking up with us, I should say, on this Friday. KB and Andy hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. Greg Rakestraw going to join us at 8 o'clock. We'll talk some Colts football. Matt Taylor going to join us. He's been, he's been out and about among the... Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Uh, the state and areas around us going to do a little cult, cult caravan. I, say, a, I see him as a busy man. He was down in Louisville? He was, yes. I believe uh, a day or two ago he was down there. So he's going around uh, with uh, Lara Overton and others. And they're they're you know looking to going around the state to all the affiliates. So appreciate him covering out some time as well. It's a beautiful day in Indianapolis. We'll get you into your Friday. Reminder, a couple different things tonight. Trinity and Center Grove. Give me Center Grove minus the number tonight. Look at that. We'll have some... Uh, some high school football. Now, would you up. say that if you were still in Louisville? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Louisville? yeah. The uh, Tr- Trinity, they're they're my rival. How about that? You like that? I in fact, in fact, you know, I thought about mentioning this. I need like a like a center grow shirt today or something, like a like a hoodie or something that I could be wearing. Uh, so people on the YouTube, we're busy. Otherwise, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Penn State will have both the games Saturday right here on the fan. Okay, so IU uh, Ohio State, by the way, over on WIBC. That's uh, beginning at two thirty. We'll talk some Purdue and Indiana football as we go today. Okay, so we have a nice. We have a few minutes here. We have a lot of time in this segment. So I have something, you have something. You teased uh, before the break, going into the break, that you were sitting there in front of Shane Steichen and you were thinking about asking him a question. You did not ask him a particular question. So I now, got scared. So now we sat during the break. Now I need to know yeah, what's I got the scared. question, KB? I got scared. I walked to the end of the diving board and walked right back. Um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm a bit embarrassed. So yesterday, Shane Steichen opens up his press conference. And again, the last time we're going to hear from Shane until Monday. NFL mandates a three-day break here for the final off week for the NFL until you know, whatever, the week before the Super Bowl I guess, and if, maybe if you count the Pro Bowl after that. Um, so he announces the seven captains for the Colts and for those that missed it, DeForest Buckner, Zaire Franklin, Shaquille Leonard, Kenny Moore, and then on offense you have Ryan Kelly, you have Quentin Nelson, and you have Anthony Richardson. Uh, a couple of things I found interesting about the announcement. You look at those guys, Andy. Mm-hmm. All of them 27 or older besides Richardson. <laughs> Except for Richardson. Oh, right, and, right. And pretty much all of them were captains last season. Um, Ryan Kelly was not. Matt Ryan, of course, was a captain. And basically, he's trying to explain, you know, the the process. Team votes on these captains, and and they take the top, you know, whatever seven vote getters, and that is um, how captains are chosen here for the 2023 season. So he's talking about that, and you know, getting asked about, okay, you know, what does it mean for Anthony Richardson to be a captain, et cetera, et cetera, all those things. And I'm sitting there thinking. 
do I ask how many votes Jonathan Taylor got? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I was going to say, is, is it... Should is, I have done that? Is, 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 am I a chicken for well, not doing that? I mean, that? Are, are the, the votes are secret, right? Do, I, I know. I, only he wasn't going to reveal staff. the ballot to me. I, I know but he wasn't going to... But do we believe the ballot? I'm not trying to go Trump in election <laughs> here, but I'm saying, do we believe that the votes yeah. are the votes that, like, that Richardson like, got all the votes? Like, I guess I do, but, I mean, come on. They kind of know who they want to be captain anyway, maybe? But, you know, I am thinking to myself, like, of the guys that were captains last season... It's a great question. The only one that is still on the team and is not a captain is Taylor. Matt Ryan was a captain. <laughs> Obviously, he is no longer here. Um, so, yeah, I just sat there, and boy, for about two or three minutes, I thought, is now the time to ask? Is now the time? And I just, you know, cold feet. I, I, I got scared. I got scared, wow. and I, I did not ask it. Yeah, so, that's I apologize. Not you. That's I, not you, I, I, I is apologize. it? I apologize. I know. I, I tried to take pride in using my credential, tried to be a voice of the fan, and I decided to hold off. Yeah, but see, I don't see you as a guy that holds off. I mean, uh, Chris you, Ballard, you, you, I don't. you ask him about Kareem Hunt. You I ask know, him, I mean, I which, was a, which was a valid question. He'll probably end up in Miami now. Uh, you ask him about that. What else? I mean, you ask him about if it's going to stunt the growth of Anthony Richardson by not having, you know, a strong... You know, offensive room, running back room. How would Shane Sykin have replied to that? Oh, I can tell you. Oh, Shane, uh, was Jonathan Taylor close to becoming a captain? Here's how I would do it. You don't want it to be a yes or no. How you could ask how many votes, but he would tell yeah. you we're not gonna get we're not gonna get into you know how many votes each guy got. I guess how I could have said how close was Taylor to becoming a captain this season. Yeah, I guess I could have said you know, Shane, the only captain. From last year, that's not a captain this year and still on the team is Jonathan. Was he close? To, I, yeah, I guess was he close would be a yes or no question. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. you, look, you got a broken... Mark, Gosh. he's broken up about it. I was broken up. another donut. I know. Kevin. I know. I had to move the donuts to the break room. I saw they, a PBR real they, quick. They, they, they were staring at me there. <laughs> well, I guess this is now the NFL trend, you know, of Oprah. You're a captain. You're a captain. You're a captain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seven is a lot. Th- there were seven's f- a lot. Mark, I did see your Bears. I think only four. Had four. I th- could have sworn, Andy, your your no, Giants had more than seven. They they had like thirteen. <laughs> well, I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> they, they had double digits. Thirteen of forty six. Well, when you have so many good players, you know, you just can't choose. You know, you let the players decide. There's a Fields, a, DJ Moore, Eddie Jackson, Tremaine Edmonds. Four seems about right. Seven and thirteen is no four sounds right, but I feel like you're in the minority here, Mark. I feel like your Bears. Are in Let's the minority with just having four do. guys. Why do I just remember the? I have this like vivid picture in my brain of Manning, Bracket, Vinatieri, like walking out to midfield, and that's it. <laughs> and like that's how it was back, back in your in the day. day. Back in your day. I don't know. Can we just get like you know Richardson, Buckner, and Luke Rhodes? I I, I don't know. Zaire Franklin can be the special teams captain. I'm trying to I'm trying to look up because I do think the Giants had the most uh, in the NFL. I thought they had double digits. No, I, I'm trying to find. Anyway, here, here it is: is. One, Daniel Jones, Saquon yep. Barkley, Andrew Thomas, Darren Waller, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Bobby Okereke, Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney, and Graham Gano. There you go. Good Lord, it's ten guys. Just, I mean, <laughs> you might as well have Tiki Barber and Eli Manning walk out to midfield. Is well, Tom Coughlin going to be out there? <laughs> hey, those are the glory years. You guys, you guys, shut up. Okay, you guys, shut up. Those were the glory years. One thing to note, and I've got an updated Colts 53-man roster on our website, so continue to kind of keep your eyes peeled to that because teams continue to tinker with their roster. We saw the Colts sign a veteran defensive end, Jacob Martin, yesterday. They cut one of their offensive linemen. It's interesting to note right now to me, Andy, and it's probably 
one of, if not the biggest concern heading into week one. You look at their backup O-lineman right now, uh, six, seven, eight, nine. Right now, your backup tackles specifically are two rookies drafted on the final day of the draft. And one guy in Ryan Hayes who wasn't even on the team, you know, 48 hours ago. So that to me is still something that like, what is confusing? Like, I can disagree with Chris Ballard about his approach at wideout, but it's not confusing to me from the sense of Ballard is always explained that he just doesn't view that in the same light as how he views trenches and Mm -hmm. investing in O-line and D-line. So when I see the lack of offensive line experience behind those starters, just even a couple guys, hey, this guy started eight games, this guy started for a year, et cetera, et cetera, that's where I'm thinking to myself, man, that goes against your belief. And that's why I'm confused because that is what he believes in. So again, the O-line depth, certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, they did sign a corner yesterday to their practice squad who actually played a ton for Atlanta last year, started, I think, eight or nine games, which if you're in that cornerback room for the Colts and you've started eight or nine games, you're like automatically one of the most experienced guys. So um, just a couple roster notes. And again, that'll be something that will continue to have some tinkering until we get to week one. Uh, yeah, whenever a coach, a GM has a core principle, a core value in the team, the construct of the team or how the team plays doesn't match up to that. Uh, that's when you become confused. Like if, like if Billy Napier was this this tough coach, right, and his team was known for discipline, and then they go out and they you know did what they did last night, you would say, well, wait a minute, the core principle for Billy Napier uh, is that. Can I get this off my chest real quick? We, we teased it. Can I get sure, this off yeah. my chest? Well, I want your opinion on it, okay? I want your savvy uh, sports. Put your You can put your, your journalism hat on, KB. You can do whatever you want here. You can put your sports radio host uh, hat on. So uh, I'm consuming, and my algorithm now is even more and more obviously, Indianapolis Colts stuff, okay? Uh, You know, the Twitter X, they listen in. They know what I'm looking at. They know what I'm not looking at and everything else. So a couple things came out yesterday. Number one, and I don't know if you saw this, Josina Anderson, and this is not surprising. I asked Stephen Holder about this a couple days ago. Josina Anderson put out yesterday that she was told the Dolphins and the Packers were both willing to give uh, Jonathan Taylor a contract that placed him among the highest running backs in the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, I read that as not the highest paid in the NFL, but one of them. What does it mean to be among? Does it mean you're third? Does it mean you're fifth? Does it mean you're second? Uh, we, we we shall find out. Barry Jackson uh, of the Herald of what what the Miami Herald I believe uh, tweeted out after that the trade compensation was the issue with Taylor. The Colts wanted a package of good players and high picks. Colts and the, now he's bringing up the Portland Trailblazers. The Colt you know with uh, Damian Lillard. Sure. Colts and the Blazers remain wildly unrealistic and misguided about how to resolve situations with disgruntled players. I just, I I feel like, and I might be wrong here. Listen, I'm going to be clear. I understand that, you know, I've been on this show for a couple weeks, okay? I understand you guys have been living with the Colts. You guys have been living, perhaps, with, you you could say, the dysfunction, the drama, however you want to put it. And I I understand that, and I am sensitive, sensitive, I'm trying to be sympathetic towards all of that. You also just saw, like, let me break this down, KB. The Miami, and then I went and I looked at some more Miami people. The Miami media is throwing a fit 
that the Colts did not trade them Jonathan Taylor. And while all this was going on with Taylor, Miles Gaskin, who is a fine rotation, uh, rotational running back, he ends up, he's off the team, he goes to the Minnesota Vikings. You then have Jeff Wilson Jr., who is often injured, and he was often injured with San Francisco for a number of years, and now he goes to Miami last year, and he continues to have the injury bug. I mean, they think he's going to miss five, six weeks. I mean, that's what they're talking about already in Miami. And so, obviously, those guys, and Jeff Wilson Jr. would be one of those, they're not going to move those guys, right? Uh, I mean, and if you're the Colts, why would you want Jeff Wilson Jr.? He's an often injured player, and Mostert probably fits that mold as well. We also know the Miami Dolphins for 2024, and KB, you have been consistent. If you get picks for Taylor, when do you want them? You want them in 24, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wait as to 25. You don't wait to 2026. 20, I mean, Anthony Richardson, in theory, this roster, in theory, needs help. And so the Dolphins don't have, what is it, a third round? They don't have a third rounder. And they third don't, and fourth, And right? they don't have a fourth rounder. So they don't have a third rounder. They don't have a fourth rounder. They have often injured running backs. Uh, and Mike Chappell, who we had on yesterday, has done the reporting over the last couple days that the Indianapolis Colts never received what? A first or a second round pick. So I'm wondering what Miami thought they were going to get for Jonathan Taylor. The only, the only, again, we don't know the specifics of what Miami had on the table, what the Green Bay Packers had on the table, or anybody else. Any, any of those conversations. I understand the fiber of the entire Jonathan Taylor saga has been that we don't know, that fans do not know. But I guess the only thing that I would back uh, a little bit, and again, this is not knowing all the facts, obviously, I keep repeating that, would be I would back the Colts just in this notion uh, of getting uh, of getting some value. If the reports are true, and I believe they are, Stephen Holder and others have talked about how they ask about Jalen Waddle. Well, of course uh, that is silly, and of course you know, nationally, the Colts are seen uh, as I don't know if it's a train wreck, but a, a, a you know, at times, a poorly run organization Organization. I mean, I mean, they are. That's that's what the national media is trying to tell you. And then the Miami the Miami media is throwing their fit because they didn't get Jonathan Taylor. I don't know what Miami thinks they were going to do. That they were going to give a couple fifth rounders here to get Jonathan Taylor. If everyone, the national media is telling me, and media for these other teams is telling me how great Jonathan Taylor is. The Colts, hell, they're telling us how great Jonathan Taylor is. So the Colts then are supposed to give him away and. And, and listen, I, if they were offered three threes, you know, I, you know, we talked about that a couple days ago. You know, that you would run and sign that deal, and you would make the deal, and you would rid yourself of JT, and you would begin the rebuilding process. But I, 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 I don't know here. I, I'm struggling with this because, yes, I understand the drama. Yes, I understand you want to get compensation. I also understand while you want compensation, you may just want to move on from what is going on here. But you still gotta get something and and right now until we know what that something is like I, I don't think Miami should just get him for free no Miami didn't want to give up good players and they don't have and they don't have the draft picks and the running backs they have in their room are injured all the time Mostert is always except for last season injured Jeff Wilson is always injured they're already expecting him to miss what 30 percent of the season and we haven't even kicked off week one yet um, and so 
So I guess I'm just, I'm confused. Listen, the Colts, the way they handled this, the Ursay comments, perhaps some of the stuff that Chris Ballard said or did not say the other day, the frustration with last year, the frustration with the last couple years. I, I get it. But in, but in this instance, I, and we need to know more. I keep coming back to that crutch that we need to know more. But they also have to get something. I don't feel bad for the Dolphins that the Dolphins couldn't limp in with a with a with a with a back end of the roster player or two in a fifth round pick and thinking they're going to get a twenty four year old running back who's ready to run for thirteen hundred yards. Yeah, does any of that make sense? Yeah, I, I I certainly hear where you're where you're coming from on that, and it. I guess it's just really hard to know without being, you know, whatever inside those uh, discussions and negotiations on what a future pick might look like, you know, what a player might look like in this. You know, so many times when you do these trades and you're the team trading players for what you think are better players, you just immediately go to, let's find our old dudes that make a lot of money and <laughs> right. they're going to be free agents soon. And you just assume the other team is going to want that. I, I went on Miami radio last week in discussing this and it was like, yeah, what about this dude who makes a lot of money? What about that dude who makes a lot of money? And I'm like, I don't see that for a team that is in a rebuild at all. That doesn't really make sense to me. I, I guess I, I might take it in a different direction, Andy, and go back to the Josina Anderson mm-hmm. report that you had originally. And I think Barry Jackson mentioned this as well, who again is longtime cover of the Dolphins. They both seem to indicate that the contractual extension, I guess, they would be handing Jonathan Taylor was not an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, that was... The Taylor camp was good with that. And so, my thought is now, that probably, assuming that is true, that probably will add more frustration to 100%, Taylor. 100%. That's what I asked Stephen Holder a couple days ago. Can you imagine being Jonathan Taylor and all you need is Chris Ballard to okay this and you're going to get the money that you've wanted for the last 12 months? Yeah, like that to me is like, okay, go seek out a trade. See how you're valued out there. Well, contractually, there are some teams out there that clearly value him at a level that it appears the Colts do not, or at least right now, do not value him. So I think that just is going to probably frustrate Taylor uh, even more with this. Now the question becomes is, is that same contractual value going to be there in March? Because when you hit 2024 and you get to free agency, obviously the Colts have the franchise tag that they could use and they haven't used since Pat McAfee a decade ago. And if you look at the 2024 free agent running backs, all of a sudden, it's your guy, Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. hitting for agency. It's Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. hitting for agency. It's Derrick Henry hitting for agency. Aaron Jones, it's probably. Austin Eckler yeah. hitting for agency. I mean, it is a loaded running back group that will be hitting the open market there. So now, all of a sudden, do teams look at it and say, man, I was thinking, Miami and Green Bay, I was thinking we'd get Taylor for 2023. Now we're not getting him for that season, and there's all these other running backs out there that might not be the same player as Taylor, but again, when you think of price tag and the return on investment, you might be more inclined to going down a a different path. So that, to me, was probably the more interesting aspect to it of when these first, I guess that was now, what, two weeks ago when the Colts came out and said, Jonathan, will you seek out a trade? I think the common thought was, the hardest thing would be him finding the contractual satisfaction that he wants versus the compensation trade-wise. Now, when you put those together, obviously you got to appease both parties, Taylor and the Colts, and clearly the Colts didn't feel like they got enough. But 
if Taylor's camp feels like there was enough there contractually, I would assume that just means he's even more dug in. And I and I'm and I'm surprised that, that that hasn't become more of a you know he only liked one tweet you know we talked about that but Jonathan Taylor and his agent haven't really said anything and they could have you know several million dollars in guaranteed money just to play it again the value not letting them walk out the door here's what Chris Ballard had to say uh what a couple days ago with the media Sorry, Mark. Can you, turn, can you turn me up? Sorry. I sprung that on you, Mark. Sorry about You're that. On. All right, here we go. Jonathan is valuable. And at the end of the day, we're not, you know, I'm not just going to let him walk out the building. I'm not going to do that. It's not the best thing for the Colts and the organization. Obviously, I wonder where he was. McCaffrey's one, Kamara two, Henry three, Chubb. You've used him and his contract as and, a and jumping off point. there's a big drop from the first two to the third, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is. Kamara and McCaffrey are like 15 and 16, and Henry's like 12 and a half. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, basically. So, I mean, just looking at the highest paid running backs uh, in the NFL. Do you think Taylor's trade value now just decreases from well, here on out? that's what Jake and them talked about yesterday was, you know, when you put out there, hey, Hey, he's still telling us he's injured. Uh, how does that hurt his trade trade value? I mean, obviously the Dolphins and I say the Dolphins and Packers, they were fine to pay him. Like, like what Josina Anderson's report tells me is that the money demand from Jonathan Taylor is not ludicrous. Is that fair to say? If those teams are yeah, ready and, to to make that kind of you know compensation to him and again i got a tweet here do you honestly believe that the source for that green bay and miami were willing to give him top money wasn't directly from jt's agent again this this is he said she said seventh grade stuff i mean that's exactly where we're at with all of this um I guess that is now a question I have is as you reach into the season and now 17 games of Jonathan Taylor becomes 12 games of Jonathan Taylor and 10 games of Taylor and October 31st comes around I I mean his trade value on September 1st versus October 21st versus February 1st I don't know I just can't see it increasing because even if he plays but he can't play till week five. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how many games would he have then between? So he has four games before the trade deadline. I mean, I don't know. But again, is he, he going to play three, right away? Yeah, if he plays in two of those games and he's ripping off, you know, four point eight per carry, and he's got a couple hundred yard yeah, games boy. and a couple touchdowns, that I, that's asking a lot. Like a pipe dream. Listen, that's asking that's asking a lot. I, like I, Christian I McCaffrey, what did he do last year? He had missed what was it? Uh, 20-some games in 2020 and 2021. I mean, he entered 2022 as a oft-injured running back. Variety of injuries. But what McCaffrey did last year is he played the first eight games of the season before San Francisco made the trade. You also had San Francisco at 3-3. Three and three. You know you're going to have a desperate team at mid-October, late-October. That's a guarantee. There are desperate teams every year in the NFL. But what separates McCaffrey from Taylor, among other things, i.e. McCaffrey's a hybrid wideout, He's under contract for a couple more seasons. He also played in September and October. Taylor is at least not playing in yeah, September. McCaffrey stats aren't great. They were a bad team. I, I think with these guys, especially McCaffrey, and I think even Taylor gets the benefit of the doubt here, they know how good they are, right? 
I mean, the Packers look at him, the Miami Dolphins look at him, KB, and they're like, we don't need you to play two or three games this season at a high, high level to know what you can do. I mean, that would worry me. I don't know. We can dive into the 8 o'clock hour. The, was it a smart thing for Ballard uh, to put out some of the injury stuff? Was it a shrewd thing? Was it a silly thing, a stupid thing? Did it help? Did it hurt? Did it not do anything well, to the value? Well, you can't lie and say he's unhealthy. He's, well, he's on the pup he, list. If he's on pup, you know, yeah. you, you've got to be hurt, and I say that in quotes, to be on pup. Um, Elias Sports just released the youngest rosters in the NFL. I figure the Colts would be the youngest. They are not. They're the third youngest. Hmm. You guys care to guess who one and two are? The third youngest. Oh, boy. Would Arizona be in there, given that Arizona is I'm surprised uh, by the one tank? and two. Really surprised by number two. I uh, will say... Boy, that's a rough one. I don't want to say the Rams and Niners. The Packers... Mm. I would say, just because I feel like you Packers take... are one, Mark. Great Packers work. Suck. Well, I figure you take Aaron Rodgers' old ass <laughs> off and you put Jordan Love in. You've dropped a few decades off of the age limit now. Uh, number two is the Rams. Like, with Stafford and Donald and... Cups been around a few years. Yeah, that... So, again, the Colts have nobody over the age of 30 on their roster. Ryan Kelly, Ryan Kelly and Luke Rhodes being the oldest. All right, on the other side, Greg Rextraw. It's week three of high school football. We'll talk some IU-Purdue with them. And a little Colts as well. Rick joins us on the other side. It's the Wake Up Call, KB and Andy, on a beautiful Friday. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Indy. Before we get Greg here, just uh, quickly, Ross Dellinger of Yahoo reporting. And KB, I don't know if you care about this. You're a Notre Dame guy, so you flirt with the ACC. The ACC presidents have approved expansion. They're adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU. So there you go. The month and <laughs> you got nothing on that. You're an elitist Notre Dame fan. What do you care about SMU? That's big for the Olympic sports for the Irish. Hey, hey, I'm just, again, still thinking. <laughs> it know, doesn't matter. Cal Duke softball game. Hey, listen. I mean, like, what are we listen, doing here? Listen, who, do, who doesn't want that Stanford-Duke uh, softball game? There's no doubt about that. All right, let's jump to the Payless Liquors hotline. Greg Rakestraw joins us here uh, in the 8 o'clock hour on the wake-up call on the fan. Greg, first of all, uh, good morning. And second of all, uh, it's been quite a week in Colts land. You have all the Jonathan Taylor stuff. You have them then on the pup list. You have Chris Ballard talking with the media, and you have a 53-man roster. So I'll throw it all out there. What interests you the most this week in Indianapolis Colts land? You know what I'm looking forward to the most is not having to talk about Jonathan Taylor this weekend. (laughs) Not that I'm upset you brought it up, because obviously you have to talk about that first and foremost uh, when talking about the Indianapolis Colts right now. But it's funny, those of us that, that cover the team year in, year out, and I'm sure uh, Kevin will be nodding his head momentarily to this, we all kind of look at Labor Day weekend. We love our jobs. It's kind of our last chance to, to not have everything centered around the Colts. Uh, and I realize that, that, that we have long since passed the ad nauseum part uh, of, of this Jonathan Taylor story. Um, I appreciated Chris Ballard's remarks. Uh, you could tell that, that the affection he has for Jonathan is, is heartfelt as a football player. 
Um, but I, I think this comes down to a business decision for the Colts, and they are going to do their best to try to ride this out, and hopefully you'll see Jonathan Taylor on the field at some point for this football team. And if that is the case, then perhaps down the road this relationship is repairable. We simply do not know. Rake, position group you're most confident in and least confident in entering the season? Um, if I could really narrow it down, I'm most confident in the defensive tackles. You know, we all kind of look defensively at, you know, front line, linebackers, uh, secondary, and I would probably put the linebackers right behind those guys. But for all of the question marks we have about this Colts roster, guys like Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner, knock on wood, tend to stay healthy. And those two are as good as any defensive tackle combo in the league. So those guys, and then the linebacker position, even if we really don't know what the top end for Shaquille Leonard is, the fact that he has been out in practice as often as he can and was taking every rep until he had to go through the concussion protocol for the last two weeks. But again, you and I saw him out there for the limited portion of practice we were able to see yesterday. I feel good about the linebacker position for this football team as well. There's obviously question marks across the board, you start with quarterback when you're going to play a, a, a fourth overall draft pick, and the corner position is just so young. And, again, for, for corner, let's see. Those, those guys are not played better than we expected them to in the preseason. That's the preseason. Let's see if, if in any way, shape, form, or fashion that translates to the regular season next Sunday. Again, Greg Rakestraw is with us here. Obviously, ISC will get to high school football coming up in just a second. You will hear him a week from Sunday. Post-game show duties for the Colts. Rake, I feel like such an underrated storyline that I guess, understandably, we haven't talked about is the Colts right now have a player at left tackle in Bernard Ryman and defensive end in Quiddy Pay that they could do wonders for this franchise if they said, you don't need to worry about these spots moving forward. I feel like those storylines, right, outside of Richardson, outside of Taylor, outside of Pittman, Leonard, you know, I mean, you could make, you know, whatever, five or six out above them, but I feel like those deserve a little bit more attention because you think about the future of this team, if you can say Ryman's left tackle and or pay his defensive end, that helps you out in future drafts so much. Absolutely, and, and I maybe have a little more confidence in Bernard Ryman at this point. And, yeah, and I would I agree. Wanna, I want to state, it's not that Quiddy Pay has been bad. I think he's been average, and he kind of got nicked up a couple of different times last year. And so Pay has been solid. He just hasn't flashed long enough. And again, the, you know, we have now seen two years of, of Quiddy compared to really two-thirds of a season of Bernard Ryman. Again, if, if you know, for those of you that, that, that geek out about this stuff, some do, some don't. Um, but if you look kind of the pro football focus numbers, you know, Ryman, Ryman was pretty good, you know, by the, by the back end of last year. And the fact that when he was on the field, we didn't really notice him during the course of the preseason, that is the ultimate thing. So you're absolutely right. This team has been desperate for pass rush since the peak of Robert Mathis ended, say, in 2014. 2015. Um, clearly, this team has missed Anthony Costanzo greatly at left tackle, which is not a surprise. He held down the fort for 10 years. I think there's a lot of Costanzo in Ryman, so you're absolutely right. I probably have a little more confidence in, in Ryman at this point than I do Pay. I just want to see Pay produce a little bit more. He's been solid. As a first-round pick, I want to see him do a little bit more. 
Greg Rakestraw with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. This might be something that might be better to ask you next Friday, but it's something we'll talk about after Labor Day and leading up to Game 1 and obviously all season. It's such a generic question, Greg, but how do you think Anthony Richardson does? How do you think he looks on that first Sunday? I think I, I honestly think he's going to do very well, um, and, and let me explain. Yes, teams will have studied him through the draft. Yes, teams will have seen him through two preseason games. I do think that the rookie quarterback has a bit of an advantage early because teams aren't sure how to scout against him. And, and, and let me give you the, the example. It wasn't a rookie, but let's look at Sam Ellinger's you know, first two starts last year. Wasn't anything spectacular. He was really solid against the Washington Commanders, a game the Colts probably should have won at the end of October. You get to week number two, and obviously playing a Bill Belichick coach team is, is a completely different mm-hmm. argument, but they completely swarmed him and, and, and embarrassed him to the point that the Colts made a coaching change the next day. I do think there's a couple of week process for teams to kind of get a little more film and get a little understanding as to how to game plan. Um, the thing that I kept looking at about Anthony Richardson, Andy, the entire preseason, because I thought the job was going to be his unless he proved that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And nothing looked overwhelming to him at any point in time. Does he sometimes take a little extra time to make where the read is? Yes. Are there accuracy issues in terms of occasionally throwing behind a receiver or overthrowing a receiver? Yes. And those are things he has to work on. Those are things he has to improve on. But the thing that I have said numerous times about Anthony is that it's, it's, this, it's this such unique conundrum package combination of circumstances for him. If you have the mixture of the athleticism and the intangibles, usually you are not worried and I think he's got both of those. I know he's got the athleticism. That's Everybody can see that. Um, the intangibles, I've not heard a bad word spoken about the kid just yet. And he seems to say and do all the right things. So if you've got those things, I think you're going to be fine. The reason we don't know is he just doesn't have that much experience. How do you get the experience? You go out and play. So, again, I, I think at the start, I think you're going to see some really good things. I think his teams kind of devise more of a game plan against him. Maybe you'll see a little bit of a, of a dip at some point in time in the season. But honestly, I honestly think out of the gate, I think he can be pretty good next Sunday. I really do. Can Greg Gregshaw is with us here, ISC Sports Network. Greg, I could be totally out of line in saying this, so just tell me to shut up if so. I have a suggestion for ISC in an event that I would like to see them air here at some point in the next few months, okay? I may have an answer for you that would surprise you. So I think I know where you're going with this, so ask away. If there's any brain out there that knows where I'm going with this, it would be yours. Um, Are we talking about a high school soccer match? Uh, September the 12th, I'll be at uh, Walter Crossfield in Kokomo to televise Logan Sport at Kokomo so everybody can see Floyd Badunga playing. Soccer. Oh, my yes. gosh. You're an assassin, Rake. That is How absolutely that? incredible. Yes. I- I'm sitting there. I can't believe that you just pulled that out. <laughs> Rake and I, we did chat yesterday at Colts practice. We didn't talk about Floyd Badunga at all. I, I was can't about to believe... say, did you guys set no, that up? Was that no, a radio I, bit I, you I guys swear, just did with the audience? I swear. I, and Rake can attest to that. I'm watching Kyle Nenrip's highlights because he was at the West Lafayette match earlier this week i am literally <laughs> smiling ear to ear at this six nine top five bill self future recruit you know potentially whatever a top pick in the nba draft and this dude's heading balls into the goal <laughs> like he looks like he's got great touch i cannot wait rake give me that date again logan sport on win 
So it's going to be at Kokomo. Logan Sport is the visiting team. Six thirty ish is the kickoff time. A week from this coming Tuesday, September the twelfth, and I've had the pleasure of seeing Flory play several times last year. Obviously, it was on the state finals broadcast for basketball. <laughs> I, I am so geeked about the fact that he's playing soccer. And secondly, I saw the same highlight you did. And I told the header, I'm like, that kid can play. And obviously, I, I think I know a little something about soccer and sure. basketball. So, so no, I, 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 I literally sent an, an email to, to my buddy Nick Sale, the, the AD at Kokomo, and other friends said, hey, I'd like to come do this. I think we can find the sponsors to make this happen. I'm not asking you to, to kind of pay us to be there. And he's like, when would you like to be there? I said, well, we happen to have a hole in the schedule coming up on Tuesday the 12th. I just got the email clearance last night. So How about I get that? to announce it on this stage. So I'll, I'll be seeing Flory in a completely different environment coming up on Tuesday. Here's the one thing that I will say is this. And because I was a basketball guy first, who then kind of had to learn how to do soccer broadcasting on the fly, there is a lot of correlation between the skills in soccer and basketball. We talk about conditioning, we talk about footwork, but basically if you're a neophyte to soccer, but you know basketball, think about attacking a soccer defense like you would break down a 2-3 zone. There's a lot of correlations in terms of movement. Obviously, how you move the ball is completely different. There's a lot of correlations in terms of movement between basketball and soccer. And so hopefully we'll have some basketball fans who aren't soccer people tuning us in a week from this Tuesday. You just made my day, Ray. Thank you for that. <laughs> you guys are in cahoots. I like that. I like that. Greg Rakesraw uh, joining us here. Well, I wanted to ask you about uh, Purdue and Indiana quickly, but since we're in the high school scene, a uh, couple weeks in, Greg, what do you feel like high school football-wise, the few things that you've learned that you're very confident in saying, again, just a few weeks into the season? Anything? I will say, Sure. I will, I will say this. Um, the Hoosier Crossroads Conference is scary good. Um, and, and, and there has been a, a debate in terms of, you know, the MIC versus the HCC for the last few years. And, and obviously things change when, when Senator Grove and Carmel were asked to leave the league and, and, and the MIC is down to six teams. The team that's ranked number one is still in the MIC and Ben Davis, and I will see them for the first time tonight. I'll actually have them each of the next couple of weeks. I'm lucky enough to have their game against IMG next Friday night, which I'm really looking forward to that. Um, they got Pike coming up this week. But top to bottom, the HCC is ridiculously good. I, I think there are seven teams that are within the orbit of the top ten out of the eight in that league this year. I saw Fishers last week. They're good. Uh, I, I, Westfield you know, had a heck of a battle with LC, so LC needs a little more uh, you know, attention coming out of the mix. You know this year you know, too, but to me the story in, in, in the HCC is the fact that the teams that have been kind of towards the bottom end, I think are better. Noblesville is in that classification. Franklin Central is in that classification. So you can go up and down the, the, the different classifications and and point to favorites, et cetera. But to me, the local story is the overall depth of the Hoosier Crossroads Conference this year. Rick, last one from me. Um, I- I don't know what exactly the event would be, but you know, watching what happened at, um, at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln earlier this week with that volleyball match between Nebraska and Nebraska Omaha yeah. got me thinking. Like from a state of Indiana standpoint, have you ever heard of an idea of a really like outside of the box sporting event? You know, indoor outdoor sort of thing. I don't know Purdue Indiana on some crazy neutral field, neutral stadium. I I don't really know where I'm going with that, but. 
knowing what our state means to sports, especially amateur athletics, and just the passion that I feel like our state has, it got me thinking, you know, what, if anything, has been thrown around as a potential idea? No particular event, but it's the venue, and it's the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. There, and, and obviously, Doug Bowles and now Penske Entertainment Group have always been big about thinking outside of the box. I mean, my goodness, there's a permanent dirt track inside of Turn 3 now. Um, and, and so, Would it be a there, football there, game? Like, it wasn't t- Tennessee, Virginia Tech at Bristol a few years ago? Correct, which is obviously more of a bowl where you can see the entirety of the field. We don't have that luxury uh, at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But, you know, there, there has always been kind of – and it's, it, it's, it's just been – Speculation, you know, you know, water cooler conversation. You know, could you put an NHL Winter Classic at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and put it, you know, say in the front stretch where you could freeze it over and you've got all of this access to people being able to watch? And you obviously got all the video boards that are already that are built in and, and things like that. So much like you, I see this on Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whatever night it was that Nebraska played Omaha, and I kept going, okay. What could we do that would generate that level of interest? Um, and so clearly now the obvious answer would be to watch Flory Badunga play soccer or basketball <laughs> at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That clearly needs to be the answer to this question. You just solved all of our world problems right there, Rick. I have heard, I don't know if you've heard this as well, and it's my golf brain coming out, but um, Penske Entertainment and company, they are trying to make a hard pursuit for the President's Cup over at the Brickyard Crossing Golf Course. Have you heard of that? No, I have not, but I think that's wonderful. Um, I mean, I, I'm. It's, it's one of the... You know, this this is a great you know you know slow day mid July kind of topic. Yeah, uh-huh. and Lord knows I've done this before in substitute teaching in radio over the years. But if you look at we're so spoiled here because of, of of the teams, our passion for high school and college sports, the major events that come here on a regular basis. It's ridiculous that the sports riches that we have being in, in, in Central Indiana. But if you look at like the the few kind of holes, so to speak, it would be not having a regularly scheduled LPGA Championship Tour event. You know, we went from 1991's PGA Championship to the 2012 BMW Championship without having a, a PGA Tour event in the state of Indiana. Without, I mean, and during that time, you'd have a, uh, an LPGA event of the, or the old Senior Tour, whatever the case may be. And so a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup would be the perfect thing to do it. My thing is, is I don't know if the course would be difficult enough to have at the Brickyard Crossing. Brickyard Crossing is difficult for me. Maybe not for you there, Senior Scratch. Um, but but I'm, I'm not sure if it would be truly enough of a challenge uh, for the President's Cup and 24 of the top 70 professional golfers in the world. Yeah, that was certainly my first thought, but I do think what separates the President's Cup and or Ryder Cup from like hosting a whatever a normal event is it's much more of a spectacle. It's much more of a... It's match play, exactly. Absolutely. Just create an ideal stadium theater atmosphere setting. Again, I was still... When I first heard about it, I'm like... And I I checked with a couple people on it, and I was like, wait, what? Um, But once I started to think a little bit more about that, man, match play, final four holes inside the track, all of those surroundings, uh, corporate you know, nature to it, they obviously know what they're doing, you wouldn't have any issues with parking, etc. It, right. it started to make a little bit more sense to me. Alright, I've got it on the calendar, Tuesday, September 12th, Rake. I am thrilled. Thank you for that. 
You're well. You're you're welcome to come and be a part of the broadcast. You're gonna be our sideline reporter that night, KB, and put you on the pitch. I, I, Rick, I know nothing about soccer, but um, it's a sleepy Tuesday night, man. Yeah. Come on, Monday I, night football. You know, it's over. It's Tuesday. It's the new week uh, in the it's NFL. Your off day from going to the complex. I'm sure your wife would would love to see you. You know, figure out something else to do and not be home that night. Heading up to Logansport, getting a hot dog and popcorn from the concession stand, and doing a little sideline action. Oh, oh I can listen. I know the neighborhood you live in. We're going to Kokomo, not Logansport. It's only 45 minutes. You got. It. <laughs> <laughs> Rake, as always, I love our conversations. Thank you. See you, fellas. It's Greg Greg Star right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Did you happen to catch any of those highlights? So Flory Badunga, I yeah, think yeah, you we've are talked about. Yeah, with. we've oh yeah, we've talked about it. I'm a yeah. Bill. I'm a Bill Self guy. Top yeah. five basketball recruit oh, yeah. here. The fact that he's playing soccer this year, I'm just amazed by. In our new day and age of you know specialization through the roof here for high school sports and the highlights from Kyle Nenrip and the article from Nenrip per usual outstanding uh, and li- I did not say that to Rick yesterday I'm like you know what that would be awesome if ISC broadcasted that so boom so Talk there about you Logan go. Sport. 6.30 that's going to be September 12th that is that's a sleepy <laughs> Tuesday after the right. I mean, first what else full, are you watch? Yeah, first full week of NFL you have Monday Night Football you're 0-3 in all your fantasy leagues Right, you you're one in six in your weekend bets. Right, we'll watch some uh, watch some Bill Self recruit play some soccer. Are we going doubleheader Monday Night Football again? Oh this yeah, year? it is doubleheader Monday Night Football, is it not? To open up. Is that, is I, that I think it, I think it's that way for a couple weeks. Oh really? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. The no, I, well, I'm wrong. Listen, I was immediately wrong. No, Monday September 11th is Bills Jets. So it's that's a, it. It's, it's a singular game, yes. Just doing one, all right? Just doing one. Week two, it is a doubleheader. Saints-Panthers at 7-15, and then the staggered start Browns-Steelers at 8-15. Saints and Panthers, what are we doing? And then week three, this is what I saw. Week three is a doubleheader as well. 7-15 is going to be Eagles and Bucks. 8-15 Rams and Bengals. So week one, they're letting that go by itself. Boy, they're not really two. staggering those games much. You said just an hour difference. No, just an hour. Yeah, one seven fifteen. Hey, listen, you watch your mouth. It's NFL football. Yeah, we'll take say. anything at this point. Mark will be, anything, the, Mark. Mark will be on the edge of his seat. <laughs> I said the Bucks are on games. a primetime game. Baker Mayfield throwing the pill. No, no, thank you. <laughs> the Duke. Most likely to get benched this year, right? <laughs> Baker. Yeah. Well, of course, it's Baker Mayfield. Well, Baker's coming to Lucas Oil Stadium, I think, in late November. Rams Bengals could be good. I'm not. Uh, I'm not willing to say it's good, but it could be good if the Rams what are the Rams. I who knows. Now, Apparently, know. one of the youngest teams in the league, which I would not have guessed that. You know why we should have known that? Because was it Monday or Tuesday? Stafford's the sto- wife. Yep, Stafford's wife had a podcast because, of course, no, yeah, uh, Matthew Stafford's wife. Yeah, it was like, well, yeah, you know, Matthew comes home every day complaining how the young players call him sir and they are in their phones and not engaged. And it's like, it's like, all right, man, <laughs> you just put that out there. Matthew Stafford's wife's podcast. You, is, that, is that what you're downloading right now? No, you download that I, on your I, phone right I now? I mean, there was we all a mo- should download it. There was a moment there a couple <laughs> off-seasons ago where you know the Colts might have been in pursuit of Matthew sure, Stafford. Sure, sure. Uh, so there, there, there were for a few days, a few weeks there, I thought to myself, wow, okay, do I need to start listening to Kelly Stafford's podcast? What Luckily, is the majority of her podcast about? I refrain from that. I don't the even. inner workings of the Rams locker room. Again, do we, do we have an intern yeah. we can throw that to and being say, hey, an, li- listen to this? Wife. <laughs> now, I would watch a video podcast of Sean McVay's wife. 
Uh, yes. Follow her on Instagram. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, oh, no, I was talking to her insights. You know, I think Sean McVay is a brilliant football mind. I'd be curious about that. You like the thing where uh, McVay can remember every play he's ever called? Like, if you go back to 2003 uh, in any sort of a game, whether it be high school, college, NFL, he can remember, like, a zone sweep that he called on a second and eight. I mean, he you've does seen, seem you've to seen have those. one of those brains. You've seen those, right? He does that with uh, yeah. with a guy named Adam Lefko, who who I worked with for a very for a very short time. Very talented guy. Good uh, guy. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us at 9 to lead off our morning check down. Some shaky moments. What do you got playing there? Is that me? That's you. Is that my computer? I apologize. Burger King ad. Well, the Burger King ad played at ESPN.com. We're going back to the jQuery days of handling <laughs> that computer <laughs> over there. Handcuffed, Andy. They're going to take away your computer privileges. Woke up early this morning, watched the second half of Team USA. Some shaky moments. We'll explain here in the morning. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Down at halftime to Montenegro. I started watching. It was a one possession game uh, late into the third, even early fourth quarter. Tyrese Halliburton was on the floor, though, for Team USA, and they were able to pull away late. Anthony Edwards outstanding in the second half. Austin Reeves. Paulo Boncaro with some big-time moments as well. They defeat Montenegro 85-73. Nikola Vucevic, the Bulls' center, was uh, the leading scorer for Montenegro with 18 points. Halliburton played 23 minutes, 10 points, 6 assists, no turnover. So typical Halliburton in that one. Um, They advance now to the Final Eight. They'll play one more game before the Final Eight. That's Lithuania. On Sunday morning, but Team USA uh, now has made it to at least the quarterfinal uh, coming up next week. Yeah, I mean, the breaking news, we told you right before we had uh, Rakestraw on, the ACC has added, now officially has added Stanford and Cal. It's official Stanford, Cal, and SMU, and I'm looking at it. Does that mean they have an odd number? Uh, I I guess. I I, I don't. You listen. I don't. they, They found a way to get worse in football. I mean, that's the take here. They found a way to get worse in football. Don't now, say that to Jim Irsay's Mustangs of SMU. <laughs> Stanford and Cal are going to take a are going to take a reduced TV share, so they're going to take about thirty percent less than everybody else. SMU is expected to take zero in TV share for nine years. Zero is what SMU is going to take. So I'm really interested now, is this in the financials of this grant there. Of rights isn't the ACC TV deal like locked in, through 2034? Uh, I mean, it it is. I, I, but they they've been. You know, I followed the ACC. The supposed grant of rights says, and this is like a document that lawyers have looked at. It it, it seemingly is the most ironclad document that you can have because otherwise Florida State and probably Clemson and maybe others would be gone from the ACC and the ACC wouldn't be a conference or it would be, you know, it'd be a limping conference with, with very few good teams. Supposedly if you add teams to the grant of rights, it doesn't break up the grant of rights because, if you, again, you break up Got the it. grant of rights, Florida State and others uh, would be leaving, but I mean, Stanford and Cal going to take a fraction, um, you know, 30% less at least in SMU. I don't know how they survive, but SMU going to take nothing in TV for about nine years. 
It's a lot, man. God, it is a lot. Uh, college football Four last time. night. Florida looked Ooh. inept against Utah. They lose. It was a twenty-four to eleven. Was that the final? Twenty-four to eleven. Something weird. Uh, and Big Ten football looked like Big Ten West football. Minnesota, Nebraska. Uh, Minnesota down late. They score on a fourth and ten to tie it up. Forty-seven yard field goal with three seconds to go. So row the boat. <laughs> The Fluckers of PJ Fleck and Minnesota, they get it done. They beat Matt Rule there 13 to 10 to kick off the Big Ten season. Uh, Mark, did that scare you? He went with the Fluckers there? That was a very scary I, word to say on live radio. We just gave Burger King. I'm kind of shaking well, in my boots right now. The other, <laughs> the, other hand, the other hand raise I have to have, uh, yesterday I was recording a podcast with Eddie Garrison, and I meant to say Jake Funk. Oh, yeah. That's oh, a difference. So, oh, do, so do you, uh, what, did he edit it out? Nah, or you, you we, just do the beep, right? We, we, we just, just went with it. Yeah, yeah. We just that's put, what you do. Put the explicit tag on it and just went with it. <laughs> I appreciate that. A couple different notes here to round things out on the check down. Reds, they, two games today against the Cubs in Cincinnati. Now or never. 110 and 640. The Reds also picked up outfielders Harrison Bader and Hunter Renfro. And quickly, just in the NFL, Viking, Isn't that the baseball? Isn't that? the Clemson receiver? Did I get that wrong? Is it not Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro's the Raiders run. Uh, wait, Raiders, yeah. Raiders wide. Clemson wait, kid, right? Wait, who, who's... Yeah, I think I think you're right. Hang on. No? Do they have the same no, name? I think they do. Hey, hang on. Hunter Renfro. I think you're right. It's, it's not spelled the same. I don't know if that matters. How many Hunter Renfros yeah. can be out there in the world? Yeah, the uh, the football one is R-E-N-F-R-O-W, and the baseball one is R-E-N-F-R-O-E, uh, if you were wondering. So s- some baseball stuff there. Hawkinson, the tight end there in Minnesota, he signs a record deal four years, 66 mil, could go up to about 68 and a half, 42 mil of that guaranteed. Uh, a couple items of note. Uh, Fever back in action tonight there at home. Gamebridge Fieldhouse. IndyCar, two races to go. Alex Pelos commanding lead. We'll see if he can officially clinch the season series. Out in Portland, our coverage will begin Sunday at 3 o'clock for that one. White Sox also uh, hired Chris Getz as their GM, just an in-house hire. They <laughs> circling the drain yeah, yeah, we'll until say. Jerry Reinsdorf <laughs> kicks the bucket. Didn't seem to be the um, greatest response on social media for that. No. They're going to do a big search, and then Jerry Reinsdorf gets on the mic. He's like, well, we're taking two years, and we don't have that kind of time. So we just hired the guy that's got a middle-of-the-road farm system. So Reinsdorf was like, Reinsdorf's like, yeah, people always wonder why I don't sell. He's like, I don't have anything else to do. Like Basically, he's like, I have nothing else to do, and I don't want to, I don't want to be the worst team in baseball when I leave. That's basically no. what he Nothing says reassuring like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, on the other side, who's going to start at running back for the Colts in week one? And also, we'll get into IU and Purdue. Their season opener is coming up. Tomorrow for the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers. Beautiful Friday and Indy wake-up call. KB and Andy, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Now that gets me every time. It needs to be... Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Something at around 8.30 happens every day, right? <laughs> like that's, the, that's when Mark usually plays that. That's his calling card, and we appreciate it. Um, I'm just using what I've been given as materials. <laughs> 
Purdue four and a half point favorite over Fresno go. State tomorrow. Indiana twenty nine and a half point underdog to Ohio State. Are we taking either, neither, or both? Uh, okay, so I think uh, I'll take. Do we like an eye? Let's start with uh, let's start with the noon game. Uh, Ross A. Purdue and Fresno State four and a half points. Uh, I will take Purdue to win. I'm going to take this to be like a like a like a 31 30 game, you know, like Ooh. a 28 27 game. I think it's a close game. I think Fresno State leads at points in this game. It makes Purdue nervous, uh, but Purdue has a little bit better talent. Uh, what Fresno State replacing? I think what two their two of their top receivers are running back and a quarterback as well. Yeah, quarterback to the NFL. Jake Hayner had a great season last year. They've got a transfer in uh, Jeff Tedford. I think some football fans will recognize that name. He is the Fresno coach. They did win nine in a row last season, again, replacing uh, their quarterback, Purdue, a little banged up O-line-wise. I've been to this before. I'm very intrigued by Hudson Card. You know, I, don't I know, know you are. You're a, a Hudson Card guy. From an O-line standpoint, how that will hold up in week one. Uh, but with Mike Allstott as honorary captain, how can you not go with Purdue? Uh, and then again, Indiana and Ohio State. Gosh, don't weird things happen in openers? Well, all you need is like an early couple good possessions by Indiana and like a pick with the new quarterback or quarterbacks with Ohio State early and Indiana gets the cover. Obviously, Indiana doesn't win the game. The question is, do they lose by, you know, I mean, less than 30, four touchdowns? Uh, give me 31 to three. What's the spread? 29 and a half. I'll take 38 to 10. 20 yeah, 29 and a half. You know what? I I'll, I'll I'll go right around exactly what you're talking about. I was going to go when I was thinking about this knowing we were going to talk about it. I was going to go 34-13. I could Ohio see that. State obviously. I don't know if I needed to say that or not. Thanks for the clarification <laughs> the, the on whole, that. The Homer new guy has yeah. has uh, Indiana winning by three touchdowns on Saturday. You know, I don't know if I've ever <laughs> said this in the Big Ten East versus Big Ten West divisions we've had for whatever it is now, you know, a decade or so. Um, but you look at Purdue's schedule this year compared to Indiana's schedule for this year, and I feel like you could make the argument Purdue has the tougher football schedule. Like, Indiana's going to play Indiana State next week. I don't know if you saw and the fighting JMVers yesterday. Andy, uh, twenty-seven nothing. They lost to Eastern Illinois. Oh, so come on, JMV. There's your cupcake oh. W there next Friday night for the Hoosiers. They also have Akron at home. You would like to think you could take care of business over a MAC team at home. Their other non-conference game is Louisville coming up here in, in two Saturdays. Yeah, yeah, over at Lucas Oil. So that's the non-conference if you look at it. And then obviously they play their normal Big Ten East. They do play Wisconsin in a crossover, so they get. You know, probably the toughest team in the Big Ten West. Purdue, their crossovers, Ohio State and Michigan. So that's as hard as you're going to get. I mean, outside of, I guess, throw Penn State in there. So Purdue gets the last year they didn't have them. No, they get the shaft. They now yeah. have got the two juggernauts <laughs> in the crossover. Purdue's non conference, though. Andy, I don't see any one double A, and I don't see any Mac. You got a 10 win Fresno State team from last year at Virginia Tech. And Syracuse. Those are your three non-conference. Now, I don't want to act like Virginia Tech and Syracuse are the class of their respective conferences, but Andy, they're not Indiana State and Akron. So, I look at these schedules, man... I think you can make the argument Purdue's got the harder one. No, I think Purdue absolutely has the harder one. I mean, Fresno State's won 10 games, what, four out of the last six years? 
I mean, that's not a that's not a bum program. That's not a one double A. That's not someone who's going to go two and ten. You would imagine on the season. I don't think. Listen, Virginia Tech hasn't been good for a number of years, but that is a road game. Again, you are a new coach and you're facing a Fresno State team that has won ten games. The uh, Fresno State team that you know is an established program, and then you go on the road at an ACC team. You come back for Syracuse, and boom. Then you're right to a top 25 team, Luke Fickle and company at Wisconsin. Uh, I look at it this year because Indiana State on the Indiana schedule, Akron, I don't know how good Louisville's going to be. Plus, I mean, that's a game where it's a neutral site game, but your fans are here, right? I mean, it's right down the street. Your fans What's are going to be able to be? go. What's that split inside of Lucas Oil State well, and Indiana Louisville, Louisville fans? I, I, I would say I would go 70-30 Louisville. If Louisville wins tonight over Georgia Tech, they're... Their, their fans are ready to go insane on Jeff Brom. Do we want Jeff Brom on the air that week leading up to the Indiana game? Sure. Indiana-Louisville sure. game. Do we want him? Sure. I well, could probably do that. You think he would do it? Yeah, he's all about ball. <laughs> he's like he's like Steichen. He literally is all about ball. What's the XFL comment ball. that he had? Oh, I'm sure Mark has it logged somewhere in the library. Am, am I, uh, is this or is this not the XFL? Am I or am I not breathing? Let's play football. Yeah, I think that's it. Now, when you look at the win-loss over-under for Purdue and Indiana this year, you've got Indiana at three and a half, which is just astonishing to say that out loud in year six of Tom Allen. And then you have Purdue at five and a half. If you were to throw those in front of me, though, I'd feel better about betting Indiana than Purdue. Uh, yes, and Zach Osterman was pretty strong, was he not, yesterday? Yeah, that, he likes Indiana's over there. Well, and he likes Indiana. He's basically saying, I like Indiana to win five games more so than three games. That's basically what Osterman told us yesterday. A lot so, of transfers in the defensive line he pointed to. Yeah. The O-line can't get any worse. The if whole he, transfer port, I mean... I feel like if you're a Purdue or Indiana fan and you go to whatever, Ross Aid or Memorial Stadium this weekend, you're going to be like, can I have a, you know, 10 sheet pamphlet to go over all the newcomers? I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, so many football teams are like that. Uh, I'm listen, I, I'm I'm fine with the transfer portal for Indiana and Purdue. It's one of those, you know, you've guys that go to a to a Florida or an Auburn or something like that and they don't work out. This is where Indiana and Purdue. I would lean right now and I don't feel good about this. I want to be clear. These aren't bets that uh, I would bet all of our mortgages on, but I would take Indiana tentatively the over. That means they get to and I'm not giving them a fifth win. I'm saying they're four and eight, but I'm saying they would be over that number. And basically, with Purdue, you're asking me, do I think they make a bowl game? If 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 it was not Fresno, Syracuse, and at Virginia Tech, and then like you said, they pull Ohio State at Michigan uh, and everything else. If you made me Wisconsin, if you made me uh, pick Purdue, I, I would go Purdue winning five games. I would go under. I'd have him at five and seven. You imagine welcoming your first kid into the world moving cities for the first time and how long Andy is this move uh what do you mean how what do you mean so how long have you lived in oh uh ten, ten, and, ten and a half well I've lived southern Indiana longer where I've lived now ten so, and a half years so you've yeah. generally lived yeah. in the Louisville area yeah. for how long 30 almost 30 years yeah okay so moving out you know for yeah. 30 years again first kid and you're gonna say honey we're betting the mortgage on Indiana football's win 
loss over under for the year. How do you guys? Let me ask you this because I don't know. I want to you to do up. that so I, bad, okay. but don't want you to do it at the same time. <laughs> you want me to have a few grand riding, uh, a few grand riding on a Indiana or a Purdue game? Well, well how Kevin you, had Kevin had the Pacers win total last year. That was that was a season was long big. sweat. Yeah. yeah, alternate win but total. You, you got of, that though. Yeah, I got it. It was good 30, for you, right? The over under was Mark. Correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty three and a half. Does that sound right? Twenty-four and a half. More than wasn't it more than that. The alternate line was twenty-four the, and a half. No, no, no. The win-loss over/under was twenty-three or twenty-four and a half. I took the alternate line of at least thirty wins. Gotcha. And that's I think I got like plus five hundred or something off of it. Oh, good for you. And yeah, Look now if Max wants to go to the Ivy League, we can do it. Yeah, do you guys are are you spreading Kidding, out bets right up, right. all over on Saturday? How does a Saturday look for well, you guys? Someone was uh, at, the game. I feel like I've got to bet. I, I'm a little tired of the Deion Sanders hype, so I'm going to take TCU. God bless you. This is the most I've ever liked you, KB. <laughs> is a Deion Sanders who ruined my childhood. I, 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 just, let's go it, TCU. It let's just go. seems like a little over the time. And again, talk about a pamphlet for transfers. You're going to need that to watch Colorado. I mean, didn't TCU, didn't they, weren't they the runner-up last yeah. year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 20 and a half points at home. I mean, they got smoked and they look like they shouldn't have been on the same field. But yeah, they were a very, very good football team last year. (laughs) I've not seen my Notre Dame Irish in here as having a line with Tennessee State. No, I haven't seen that one yet. I threw money on Hawaii on the money line to beat Stanford. I feel like (laughs) Hawaii with the the wildfires and stuff maybe got a feel good. Mark traveling back, though, at Vanderbilt last week. You worried about that? Wait, wait, Mark's using the wildfires as. Usually, if something tragic (laughs) happens, you get kind of like a boost of like they want to. Takes harder. that into consideration, yeah. do they not? Yeah, a little bit of a boost there, so I took that. So that's not so bad, and I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm like some weeks I have a couple bets, then some weeks it's like every time someone scores a touchdown or allows a touchdown, I'm winning and losing money, and it's a little bit too much. I, when, when I, when we announced, uh, well, at least you know, on my end that I was coming here to do this job, I had like, I had like 50 guys who do like the call me now, the 1 800 numbers. <laughs> hey, do you mind if I come on the air at 7:05? I do, actually. I do mind. Yeah, I actually do. I'll be talking Jonathan Taylor then. Sorry, buddy. Is the ACC going to have to change their conference name from Atlantic Coast Conference with Cal, Stanford, and SMU? How about just all Coast Conference? You just keep ACC. Yeah. That's, that. That's exactly, that works. Mark, that's a brilliant that's, idea. You know what? You need yes, to the They need to hire you. Store. Yeah, you need to be the marketing. Consultant role, Mark Dykton. The, the here. consultant for the ACC. I mean, they got worse on the field, but if it adds money to the conference and you don't have to pay some of these schools as much as you're paying Florida State and Clemson, I guess you could say, well, why the hell not? But it, you know, it doesn't move the needle like like usually you do conference expansion and it moves the needle to where it's a big deal, or at least people are like, wow, the, you know, the Big Ten got UCLA and USC, or the SEC, they go out and they get Texas uh, and in Oklahoma, but now it's just like, it's the scraps, they're not, they're going to get scraps from you, and I mean, yeah, Duke and, you know, Duke and Cal are going to be playing football here in the next couple years. Something I want to hit on, it, and you brought this up, honestly, you brought this up maybe like the first time you and I chatted, I don't think we've talked about it too much in air, but on air, you basically were mentioning that Anthony Richardson's lack of collegiate yeah. success has a lot to do with maybe the ineptness around him at Florida. I don't know if you would say that was on full display last night with Billy Napier and company, <laughs> but possibly you could. I want to hit on that on the other side. Again, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joined. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This here in about 15. Matt Taylor going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes. Voice of the Indianapolis Colts, like uh, Greg Rakestraw, who joined us about 50 minutes ago. This is like the fight for uh, for NFL, not college, for NFL. I know KB, you fit into this going to every single Colts game. It's like the calm before the storm. You finally get you get a weekend kind of a da- of downtime, unless Jonathan Taylor is traded. You get a weekend. Oh, stop. stop. <laughs> get, Don't you, even say it. You get a weekend to kind of hang out for a few days before the grind of 17, 18 weeks begins. Well, and, and you know, my mindset on this Friday, September 1st, is a little different than it usually is because the NFL used to have roster cuts on this coming Saturday. It used to be a 4 o'clock Saturday of Labor Day oh. weekend, which I absolutely hated. How dare they? And then, and obviously my wardrobe indicates it, uh, the fact that Notre Dame's already 1-0, I am in a very, very... I've, I feel refreshed. I feel... I feel like a new me right here on September first. <laughs> well, now I saw some people were they were hating on this hat mark in the YouTube chat. Did I did I catch that? Yeah, oh, to yeah. hell with them. Yeah. The YouTube Somebody chat hates, on, hates on everybody. I said, well, he has one that's a Notre Dame and a Colts hat, and someone said, I don't want to see that either. I'm like, well, geez. <laughs> it's a it's an Indianapolis. It's an I N D Y. The N is in the Notre Dame monogram. I lived in Indianapolis for pretty much my entire life. I, I don't. It's Hoosier country. Someone is that what it is? It's Hoosier country. They don't I, no, like that. I or mean, what? in no way is this. Does this indicate Indiana or Purdue? Simply Someone. Notre Dame. I, I am not one of these <laughs> Notre Dame. You know, football. IU. I went to IU for the education. I am Notre Dame basketball above and beyond, and Notre Dame football is a very close Some would second. say your Reds need more of your support this weekend than your Notre Dame Gosh, fighting Irish. This is it. This is it. Today. The season is on the line, Today. I would say. I just had to readjust myself in the seat. This is well, it. We did, didn't we do this is it like over the last week no, and a half? No, this is they really were, it. They're on the this West is, Coast yeah. trip against the, Do- or against the Giants and the Diamondbacks? Now or never. If you lose this series, <laughs> um, it's over. Do you have to, you're hoping for what, at least <laughs> a, a, a split? Split? No, so you got to take three or four. Oh, well. Will you guys Let's talk? Be realistic will you here. guys talk uh, over yeah. the weekend? Mark, uh, some some Mark texts Mark back and well, forth. Yeah, when he's when he's asking what beer I want for Tuesday when we get back in here, we're off Monday, by the way. Mark, when we get back on Tuesday and he owes me beer again, I'll say, well, Mark will chirp on social media. Like, oh, <laughs> I might have a rejoiner for you on Tuesday if it, things really go yeah. south. Andy, sure. I'm sitting there last night. I'm watching Billy Napier yeah. try to coach his Florida football team. It was beyond laughable. And you brought this up in our first conversation. You were like, watching the SEC on a weekly basis, which is what you did, you're like, I don't think people truly understood the amount of coaching issues that Anthony Richardson had at Florida under Billy Napier. Because again, Dan Mullen Mm -hmm. was the guy that recruited Richardson originally. Uh, Dan Mullen was with Dak Prescott at one point. I mean, there is some quarterback history with Dan Mullen there. So I was just hoping you could touch on a little bit of, you know, Billy Napier and the Florida dysfunction that Richardson Yeah, I mean, you guys saw it last night. The first, I mean, they go three and out. They go three and out, and what happens? They allow a 70-yard touchdown, and then they finally score. uh, Utah gets the ball back. They have two guys on a punt. On a punt where Florida's going to get the ball back. They have two guys wearing number three. It's a five-yard penalty. 
Utah keeps the ball. And what happens a couple plays later, another touchdown, and basically the game's over. And Billy Napier let Graham Mertz wear number 15 that Tim Tebow wore. So if you're a Florida fan today, Graham, <laughs> Graham Mertz is not very good. Which you, Richardson wore uh, which, early on. Yeah, which he, which he wore as well. I mean, my thing, and listen, there's my substantial gut. It's kind of like a gut feeling. I, I didn't hate the Billy Napier signing when they got him at Florida. I thought, okay, this is a young, energetic guy. McIlwain there was was uh, was a bum, and Will Muschamp was a bum as well. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> a lot of bums. I, I mean, he was. Give these guys a chance. But, I, I mean, Anthony Richardson was the number four pick, and it had nothing to do with his college career. Well, uh, or very little. I mean, let's be honest. You guys know that, right? And I remember going through, I guess it would have been the head coaching search once that got finalized after the Super Bowl, and then you started to get in the draft chatter. Andy, I don't think the Colts would have felt as comfortable, maybe even would have made the pick of Anthony Richardson had they hired Wink Martindale, Raheem Morris, Jeff Saturday. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that sure. you hired Steichen, he has the quarterback background that he has. I agree with and you. And then again, you are not going to have play calling, theoretically, you're not going to have play calling, offensive system turnover for a long time in Anthony Richardson's career. Like, I thought it was such a just rare occurrence. And Peyton Manning, I think, still probably would have been Peyton Manning. But I think even Peyton would say, the fact that he had Tom Moore throughout his career provided such stability. Whereas, oh, yeah. you know, if you're Andrew Luck, it's, you know, Bruce Arians for your first year, and then it's Pep Hamilton, and then it's Rob Chudzinski. I mean, it, it, it's, it's zigzagging because you've got a defensive-minded head coach, and if your offensive coordinator, in Arians' case, has early success, he gets a head coaching job, and he leaves. And then, obviously, Pep got fired, but... That is kind of the jigsaw puzzle that you don't want to have around your quarterback. You want to keep things as stable as possible. He didn't have that at Florida, and now he should have that for a decent amount of time here at the Colts. Yeah, I mean, this is how I feel about it. At no point was everyone looking at the coaching and even the collegiate career. I mean, when we talk about Anthony Richardson and his college career, what do we go back to? We go back to just the 13 games. I mean, you might you might look at a run against Vanderbilt. By the way, they lost to Vanderbilt. I mean, we all understand what Vanderbilt is. And last year, Anthony Richardson, even though he got the win, it was Utah. Uh, and they didn't. You know, they only had like one game on their schedule where it was like it was going to be we talked about Indiana and Purdue Purdue only having maybe a game where it's like okay that's the only game where you're like feel comfortable they're going to win that's Florida Florida last year um, new roster new coaching staff new scheme whatever the hell the Billy Napier scheme is they didn't they didn't know who their running back uh, and wide receivers were going to be around him he was a Dan Mullen guy you know to me even if if Richardson be, Richardson being a Dan Mullen guy made me feel better just about Richardson than if he were a Billy Napier guy. But, I mean, they go week two, uh, and they lose to Kentucky. They were outplayed by Kentucky. They barely beat South Florida. And then you get into the guts of the uh, of the season. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I mean, there's games where Anthony Richardson, he threw for 66 yards against Missouri. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, what what are we doing here? I mean, there's Sam Hartman might have done that on the opening drive. I was about Navy. to say there's thirty there's thirty coaches that I think get more uh, out of Anthony Richardson. So I think Billy Napier is just fine. I think Richardson at Florida was kind of stuck in the middle of he was what was left over and he stayed and he didn't transfer. Good for him. But on the flip side, there wasn't much around him and nobody kind of knew what they were going to be with Napier and he was just kind of the quarterback that was there. Right? I don't know. If We'll have time today to get to it, but there's an interesting story um, that Anthony Richardson shared about that 
opener last year against Utah where he scores the game when he touchdown. You know, it happened the same weekend as mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. And for one week, oh my gosh, uh, you, people are thinking Heisman absolute, Trophy. Uh, like, listen, I'm with you. Yeah. And then he goes and plays Will Levis in Kentucky, and it does not go well. I, I want to share that story from Richardson. Um, if we have time a little bit later today, if not, we'll do it next week. By the way, shout out to Evan. Shout out to Colleen Bowen. We have the Fighting Ball State Cardinals taking on the Kentucky Wildcats tomorrow at noon at Kroger Field. Do you get 10% off all Kroger purchases for the next week if you show your ticket? Is that how it works there at Kroger Field? (laughs) Sure, sure. Uh, You guys want to guess on the line? Kentucky, uh, 30. I mean, uh, yeah, 30. Kentucky Kentucky sold out season tickets this season. They sold out, man. They think they're going to be not. They think they're going to be nine and three. I'm taking the chirp chirpers. I'm taking Mike New and Company. Twenty six yeah. and a half. I'll take I'll take Ball State to cover. Uh, all it takes is an early score and you know a pick six or something by Leary and you cover. Is that what it is? Twenty six and a half. Twenty six and a half. Oh. Ball State underdog. Mark brought up. Give me Ball State. You know Hawaii and the sentimental value there. How about Ball State playing for Danny Pinter? Come there on now. Yeah. Come on now. There, there you, you go. go. To that voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. He joins us next. All right, 9 o'clock hour, wake-up call. KB and Andy hanging out with you. We have one more hour to go. Labor Day weekend coming up. And as always, broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. KB is decked out in his Notre Dame gear. He's looking good today. Uh, cannot wait for a long weekend of college football. And then, obviously, the Colts uh, next Sunday in action against Jacksonville. Let's get Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, in here on the Pay Less Liquors hotline. Matt, good morning. That's number one and number two uh, I know you've been caravanning all over the state how is that went and what does Matt Taylor do before the long haul of an NFL season <laughs> it was good it was good yeah I went to a couple of different uh, markets around the state went down to your old joint uh, mm-hmm. down to Louisville uh, and, and stopped in talked to those guys was on the the Bobby V show oh, yeah guy never I never met Bob in person he's he's, he's a cool as a cucumber he's, man he's, he's a character he's super chill no yeah. doubt so it was good to Good to do that, and then, you know, this weekend, just like everybody else, trying to, you know, detach a little bit, um, but, you know, I'm ready for it. I mean, this week is excruciating, because the roster cuts are in, you know, for the most part, teams are are ready to go. You know, you're tweaking the roster, trying to get 1% better by, you know, bringing in a guy here, adding a guy there to your practice squad, things like that. You're always trying to get better, but, you know, I, I... I kind of miss the old days when you, know, you play four preseason games, believe it or not. I know that sounds crazy, but you play four preseason games. You know, you set the roster on Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Monday, you've got that first practice and you go. I'm not a big fan of this this week off, but I will enjoy the weekend. You're crazy and, if uh, you want those roster cuts on Saturday. <laughs> what are you saying? Come on now. KB's face changed. Matt, his face, he, he had bitter beer know, face but, there. Matt. I know, but it, it happened over the weekend, though. I mean, I know it sucked for all the beat writers because, you know, you're, you're trying to enjoy the late weekend and you're watching some college football, trying to drink some beer, but you're also pounding away at the laptop. But I kind of, I mean, there's, it's Saturday for me as a broadcast guy. There's no programming. There's no content. You set the roster. You get it on Monday, and you go. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. I'm not sure if I've disagreed with you more about something. You know, trying to listen to Don Fisher broadcast the opener here, and you're worried about if Khalid Kareem's going to make the team or not. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the cold, sees with us here. Payless Slickers Hotline. Matt, I think we all agree Michael Pittman will have the most catches for the Colts this season. Who would you pencil in as number two on that list? 
I mean, are we are we sure about that? I mean, Josh Downs is pretty good. Ooh, you got Ooh. Downs over Pittman. Ooh. I mean, I, I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, I know Pittman had those ninety nine catches last season, but I'm just saying Downs and and uh, Anthony Richardson they they seem to have found some really good synergy. Not that you know Pittman and Richardson have not, but I mean they're the same age or same draft class, I should say. You know, they're roommates, you know, that story that goes back to the spring, you know, they're in the parking lot hanging out, throwing the football. I don't know. I, I just think there's something kind of special brewing between those two young guys, maybe in the, the same vein as like T.Y. Hilton and, and Andrew Luck. But, you know, we'll see. But I think Josh Downs is going to be pretty darn good. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and I would agree in going with Downs over Pierce. Like, I, I mm-hmm. think that is is – I would side with you on that. It's interesting. I went back and looked at T.Y. Hilton's rookie year. And again, Reggie Wayne obviously caught over 100 balls. T.Y. Hilton only had 50 catches. And like when you think about it, I think T.Y. missed a game as as a rookie. So it's not like he was out for a long period of time. But I mean, when you divide 16 by 50, you know, 50 by 16, I mean, that's three catches a game. Like when you say that out loud, it doesn't sound right. like much at all. So if like you were going to tell me Josh Downs is going to catch, I don't know, 65, 70 balls, it really doesn't sound like that much when you break it down to the per game basis. But when you compare him to like past Colt rookie wideouts, that is a right. ton. No, absolutely. And, you know, you look at Pierce last year. I know it's it's kind of apples and oranges because they played different positions. Um, you know, one guy's an outside big body receiver. The other guy's a slot. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, again, you look at Pierce's numbers last year, what he had just a little bit over 500 yards receiving. And I think, I think Downs is capable. I think he has a, a potential to, to even surpass that. And that's kind of a rarity. I mean, that's a really good season for a rookie wide receiver. And I think Downs is, is capable of, of surpassing that. But I think more than anything else, when you look at Downs and, and what he adds to this offense and, quite frankly, what he needs to bring to the offense, Kevin is yak, yards after the catch. I mean, like we said, Pittman is going to be your possession guy. I, 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 you know, Now that I think about it, he, he probably will lead the Colts in, in receptions just because of how good he is. And, you know, he's a big-body guy. He can... You know, boxing people out and, and get those tough catches. You know, get those third downs, those those red zone receptions. Um, Pierce is your big play. You know, stretch the field, those go balls, those go routes. But they need somebody in the slot, and they haven't had this in a long time. You know, somebody that can get you an explosive play without it being a home run ball down the field. Right, turn a seven and eight yard catch into a fifteen yard first down, and help this offense be more efficient because last year what was it the number was like 9.7 you know yards per catch last season as a team collectively from their wide receivers which was the lowest number in the history of the franchise so they need more yak and explosive plays you know across the board no matter how you get them whether you get them from Pittman uh, again as a you know, kind of that basketball analogy where he goes up and high points the ball. Same thing with Alec Pierce. You know, kind of streaking down the sideline, or if it's uh, if it's Downs again. You know, with yards after the catch, with his speed and what he can do with his legs, um, they just need you know more complementary pieces within this offense. And I think they're going to get. It. I think they have it right now. Same thing with Isaiah McKenzie, um, Anthony Richardson. You know, can can throw every pass. Obviously, the arm strength is just off the charts. So I, I think they have on paper the necessary pieces to do that, but I think Downs is in for a really, really big year, and they need him to be a big yak guy yards after the catch 
um, this upcoming season. I, I just happen to think Downs, those quick hitters, we, we saw that in a couple preseason games. Those are going to be all his. I, I'm totally with you. Matt Taylor with us here uh, on the fan, on the Pay Less Liquors hotline. Uh, running back, we don't know Zach Moss with that arm injury, uh, how he will be trending towards week one. That brings up, obviously, Evan Hall. It brings up Deion Jackson. How do you think the Colts will do that on, on Sunday? What do you think they'll look like at running back? Any way to know? Well, I think it's going to be running back by committee, and that's really not you know that's that's really not foreign in the NFL. Most teams are like that. I mean, most teams don't have you know a Saquon Barkley or a Josh Jacobs or a Jonathan Taylor. So you know the Colts are are going to have to use that approach. And yeah, I mean you're right. Zach Moss is the biggest question mark within that group from a health standpoint. You know, he broke that arm. You know, maybe the third or fourth day of training camp, he was looking good. Um, but then obviously, it's all right. Is he going to get back? Is you know five six weeks? Is that enough time? to get back for the regular season. And then with that, you're talking about, you know, time on task on the field, you know, just in terms of comfort and timing. You know, the RPO game is going to be a huge part of this offense. And RPO is all about time. It's all about feel. And, and you know, just having that synergy, you know, in the backfield with the quarterback like Anthony Richardson, you know, when you're off the field for that long, I mean, obviously he can do other things, but, you know, you're talking about conditioning and just, being in football shape. So, you know, that's something that the Colts are going to have to deal with when when uh, evaluating uh, Zach Moss um, coming off of that injury. Uh, but the good news is he's not on IR to start the season. Right. So I think he should be able to contribute in some way. But, you know, Deion Jackson is a guy that, you know, he's never been a, you know, a three-down back. Um, Evan Hull, I think, is going to be a good pass-catching back. There's no doubt about that. I think he is deceptively good. I know he kind of whiffed on that one play last week in Philadelphia, you know, late in the second quarter when Richardson had to make something happen on his own and throw off platform. But he did miss a big block in pass protection. But I think that's only one instance. I think for the most part, he's pretty good in the passing game, being able to pick up blitzers and and being able to help protect Anthony Richardson. So, um, you know, it kind of is what it is without Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss's situation. But, you know, the Colts are now in a, in a boat that a lot of teams find themselves in and having to kind of platoon and rotate some of their backs in the running game. Now or never for the Reds, Matt? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, it's it's got to be now, man. I mean, it seems like every series they play. I mean, this is it, right? Four games with the Cubs. I mean, this is it. But, I mean, I, I would have said that against the Diamondbacks. I would have yeah. said well, that. Well, KB did. KB did but say now that I against really the mean it. Arizona Diamondbacks. I really mean yeah. it now. No, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, this is kind of make or break. And, you know, the mindset that I've had as a Reds fan this year is like, okay, this is so out of – maybe not out of out of nowhere, but certainly didn't did not expect to have meaningful baseball in, you know, mid to late August and certainly now that we're here in September. So I'm kind of just along for the ride. I'm not getting too upset. I'm not getting too low. I mean, if this was 10 years ago, KB, I mean, you knew me back then. You knew me back then, like in the, the, the 2012 Reds, the 2013 Reds. I mean, I'd be dog cussing them oh, yeah. down in my living room. I mean, I'd be throwing remotes yeah. on the street. Pray for Sam. I mean, this is, yeah, this is, this is a great like new chapter of Matt Taylor's Reds fandom where everything's more even-keeled, more logical, um, and just kind of understanding the process of small market baseball 
and just enjoying the ride, right? I, tell, I, I hate that. Can tell I you have a it. daughter, Matt, you know, with those comments. <laughs> what are you, Matt, with all this perspective? There, in, I know. All this perspective in life. Come Give on. Us the snark. Uh, yeah, the, I think the kids have really kind of mellowed me out. Say, all right, what, what's important in life? Do they really want to see this from their dad? Come on, <laughs> Preach. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. If you had to narrow down, let's get to January 15th, and we're talking about an Anthony Richards season. Anthony Richardson season. And if you if you wanted to narrow it down to one aspect of where you really want to see growth, just one, what would it be? Um, well, I, I think a couple, so I kinda like all and I think they're all kind of related. I think it's I think it's timing, accuracy, and touch. And I know those are three things, but I think they're all kind of one because you know, we, we saw it last Thursday. There, there's a handful of times where he's still kind of throwing that Aroldis Chapman fastball when a little bit more touch or a little bit more arc or finesse or, you know, just better ball placement, if you will, better feel for what needs to, you know, how much how much velocity I need to place on this football right now. I mean, we saw that to the, the throw to Josh Downs. I mean, he, he still should have caught the football. But I think better feel for the game right there. And I know it's hard. He's jacked up. He's, he's really fired up to, to play in the first half of a preseason game, kind of that dress rehearsal going into the regular season. I think that just comes with time. I think that comes with just more experience. Um, you know, that football IQ will really, you know, just exponentially grow throughout the season with more time on task. So I just think timing, accuracy, rhythm, and having a good feel for what the situation calls for with how I deliver the ball, where I put it, you know, how much force I, I put behind the ball. I think all of those things come in time for Anthony Richardson. But, you know, I talked with Brian Baldinger earlier this week from the NFL Network. You know, he did one of those, uh, Brian, you know, Baldy breakdowns. Oh, yeah, the videos. Oh, uh, the videos yeah. are great. No, no question. And, you know, he was sitting there, and, and it, it looks a lot like Philadelphia last year with Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying it's going to be the exact same offense, but, you know, two similar players in terms of skill sets. Same offensive coordinator uh, and Shane Steichen. Uh, I, I think there's no reason why Anthony Richardson cannot have a, a good deal of success early on as a rookie, and and I think he's only going to get better. I mean, I think the guy that you see in week two, to your point, KB, is going to be completely different than the guy you see in, in mid-November. I think you know the sophistication is just going to grow and grow and grow. Um, his comfort's going to be there. And I, I think that accuracy and that, that completion percentage number is going to steadily climb throughout the season. Matt Taylor with us here on the Fan 9 o'clock hour, hanging out with you up until 10. Matt, for me, last one. Uh, you know, I know you've already started. Uh, listen, AFC South, so you know Jacksonville a little bit. Jacksonville getting a lot of love, obviously, again, to win the division uh, and to be a playoff team. I, listen, next Friday we'll have a more in-depth kind of breakdown of this game, but again, is your early thoughts on next Sunday's game as you get ready for Jacksonville? Well, Jacksonville has, I mean, they're getting a lot of praise, and rightfully so, right? They are the team to beat inside the AFC South. This is this is what happens when you are a team that has, you know, solid footing at the head coaching position, the quarterback position, and quite frankly, when you draft in the top five for <laughs> 25 straight years like the Jacksonville Jaguars have done, I mean, obviously that's a joke, but I mean, you, you should you should have good players, and they certainly do. And what they have done to their credit as well, um, you know, they they've addressed needs, you know, important areas on their team in free agency, like wide receiver, 
and you know front seven uh, on their defense. So they are a very, very, I would say, well-constructed team. I think from top to bottom in the AFC South right now, presently speaking, um, they probably have the best roster or the amount of overall impact at those premium positions. But um, they have... I would say the the weight of the world on their shoulders because everybody is picking them to be the dark horse in the AFC, not only the AFC South, but the conference. You know, I think they're maybe like a a step below some of those, you know, elite teams. Like Agreed. The I agree with and you. And the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. But I think they're right there mm-hmm. knocking on the door. And I love the fact that this game's right out of the gate. I know some people are kind of, you know, weary of that. I love it because it's a big game right out of the chute. Um, and it's an AFC South game, a home game for the Colts. Um, it, it's, it's just really weird. When you look at this series, I know this is kind of nerdy, but you look at this series, the Colts have won five straight uh, against the Jaguars at Lucas Oil Stadium. Obviously, the Colts haven't won down there in Jacksonville since 2014. The home team in this series, between the Colts and Jags, the home team has won eleven straight games. Wow! So I mean, it's a good I don't stat. know. I don't really. I don't know if that correlates to anything coming up next Sunday. Obviously, time will tell. And you got the weird streak of the Colts, you know, not being able to win a Week One game since 2013. All of that stuff we're going to talk about next week. But I think it's a stiff test for the Colts. But I love it right out of the gate. Kind of one of those barometer games of where are you um, when you when you kind of stack yourself up against some one of the best teams that is just riddled with talent on both sides of the ball right out of the gate. Yeah, Colts beating the Jags at home last year. You had that Matt Ryan to Alec Pierce, you know, call-in call game uh, close to that one. Certainly one of the few individual highlights from last year. All right, Matt, we'll end with this. I know, obviously, you are a die-hard, die-hard Reds fan. You are also a die-hard Indiana football fan. As the Indiana football season gets underway tomorrow, your favorite moment from being an IU football fan? Oh my gosh! Oh man. Um. Well, I I would probably just say, sappy sappy wise, it's it's probably just going to games with my dad. You know, I think it's it's hard to find you know specific moments you know in terms of just team success, but it's just you know that's just what we did. My my dad and I we would drive down there after like CYO practice on a Saturday morning, Kevin. And we would go down there. We would tailgate. We'd listen to the band and. You know, we we drive home, listen to fish, and you know, wrap up the game. You know, listen to the post game show. I mean, it's just it's just what we did. Um, I would say just on the field, and and this is what sucks about it is that it, it was probably that COVID season when they beat Wisconsin mm-hmm. on the road. You know, that early December game when they knocked off Wisconsin, and a, a huge moment for the program at the time. Um, you know, obviously a great great season within the Big Ten. They only only had the one loss that year. But just you couldn't really fully enjoy it because it, there was nobody there. Obviously, it was a road game, but you just all right. We beat Wisconsin on the road, but man, this would have been so much sweeter if there were fans there in the stands and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think just IU football has just been a big part of like my childhood and, and growing up, and um, I, just, I think they have everything they need. I mean, I know this is going to sound corny and stupid, but you know, I know they're going to put a bunch of money in the facilities down there. They're going to renovate Memorial Stadium. They already have. It already looks really, really good. Um, the facilities are good. I think the coaching staff is is good. Um, the fan base is not people. It's not like people don't want to like football down in Bloomington. They just need a chance. They need a reason to, to give up their Saturday 
to invest in it. And I think people will if they can kind of turn the corner. But that's that's been the big question, and we've been kind of waiting for that for you know decades plus now. I thought you might say, was it Austin Starr? Is that the kicker's name? To send IU to the bowl game in, what was that, 07? Yeah, the Purdue game. Yeah. yeah, that was the bucket game in 07. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great moment. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. That was I couldn't enjoy that one because I was actually playing a game in uh, playing in a game myself that day. We were playing Hanover. Uh-oh, the Grizzlies were playing? We were playing Hanover that day, so I didn't see it. So that, that one kind of got lost in my memory. Uh, understood, understood. Uh, enjoy the quiet weekend. Let's go Reds, and yep. we will talk to you. On Tuesday. <laughs> or, uh, sorry, we'll talk to you next Friday. Appreciate it, Matt. I know. You got it, boys. I appreciate you, too. Have a good weekend. It's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts as things get underway. Were you chirping in the background there, Mark? He, Mark was chirping he in the background. Good luck to the Reds. I said, that's not a show consensus. <laughs> Get yeah. the brooms out. Oh, oh, and four. Listen, I'm yeah, I'm wearing the Cubs shirt this weekend. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm with Mark on this one. Thank I'll you. just I'll be nice. I'll kind of sit over here, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'll I'm, be a, nice. I'm, a, I'm a little bit with Mark. Them. I'm a little bit with Mark on this one. Mm-hmm. I love Matt Matt Taylor, and I would say this to him. And obviously, anytime you know, I've got moments with my dad that obviously you love. But anytime that that's where you go first, it's probably not a good sign that your football program has produced a lot of great win loss <laughs> well, moments. Again, I was again, I'm being nice, but I. Yeah, when when a couple I love the games, sentimental nature. Yeah, th- no, yeah, you can't. You Dad's can't, a great human. I've sat next to him before. You can't mock event. the sentimental nature. No. By the way, I, this is. I hope Max says that one day yeah. about me. So I should probably <laughs> shut my mouth now. This, this is this is completely shameless. I've been to IU football games and stuff. Yeah, you, I, yeah you used I, to date a girl at IU, yeah, didn't you? You damn right. Um, I I, uh, I need I need like I don't know if it's this year, but I'm fine with it this year. I you know, I got the kid coming. And maybe it's better next year. We shall see. But I, I need I need I need to get out there. I need to do a tailgate at IU. That's what I need. I need to do a tailgate. Aren't there a bunch of frat guys who take their shirts off hey, in honey, the second half, something a, like that? A little gas is two weeks old. I'm going to head down to Bloomington and we're going to... Hold this baby. We're going to go tailgate party. with the Greek life. <laughs> the Greek life. That I'm going to go find thing. a VIP suite to hang out in. God. Hey, listen. You, you might be hung over till uh, New Year's Day at that point. <laughs> Well, that could be that could be the way it is. Yeah, they've that won, might be the way it is. What are the shirts? They've never lost a tailgate. Is that right? <laughs> uh, more wins. Fantastic. More wins this season. Colts, okay. IU, or Purdue. Okay, so I'll put IU so last. In the YouTube chat, I think it was Hoosier ninety three. The outstanding question. Thank you, Hoosier ninety three. Does that mean they were born in 93? Did no. they graduate no. in 1993? Who's your 97? 97, okay. No, sorry, who's your, ni- who's your 97? I, I will go Indiana last. I, I can't, you know what? If I, I'll go Colts first, Purdue second, Indiana last. That's that's the way I'll go. Again, I think Purdue wins five games. Uh, that means I would have to go six, perhaps, for the Colts. That would still be an under, and I do have them uh, on the under, so that's what I'll say. So the Colts get five extra cracks at it. Yeah, and they get extra games. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Colts, Purdue, and then the Hoosiers. Sorry. Sorry to everybody. At the only Sweeney on Twitter, at KBowen1070 on Twitter. We'll close out the show today. Obviously, the pop quiz is upcoming. That is a freebie Friday, so go ahead and give us a call. 317-239-1070 on that. Uh, before we get to it, let's go with the morning checkdown. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
Yeah, several things to get to. Reds and Cubs, we've talked a lot about that. Reds and Cubs 110 today and 642 games between those teams. Reds did get Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader, so some notable pickups for them. How about that, little Reds? Being aggressive. I, know, I go back to what I September said earlier. starts. Like I, Ask Scotty, I, he'll know. I, I don't know if I love this rule change by baseball. It's yeah. more like, he'll let's the let the teams that stink sell even more. Well, I don't know. You should should be fine with it. You got two quality players. Harrison Bader's been all right this season. I know, but I'm just like Major League Baseball looks at parody and says, "Screw it." Yeah. Yes. 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 I mean, they do, but the teams that had the biggest payrolls, who is it, Scotty? The Mets and the Yankees, they're terrible. Great point. Yeah, the the Orioles obviously had a great year. The Padres are terrible, and all they've done is buy players for the last three off-seasons. So how about that? Did I see Ronald Acuna Jr. yesterday got married and hit a grand slam? Yeah, but how does that happen? How is he getting married in the playoffs starting, like, you know, like like four weeks? August 31st, like on a a Thursday? Did they get a good tackled this week, too. Did they get a good deal on the venue? (laughs) Yeah, but... I mean that's like if Anthony Richardson halfway through the season, not even on a bye, not even on the bye week. No, not, just, e- not just, even on an off day. Yeah, yeah, just like the Thursday before you play, you know, Tampa Bay, Anthony Richardson gets married, right? Special talent, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, all right, we Andy and I were both up early this morning watching USA Montenegro. I did not expect that to be as competitive of a second half, but it certainly was. U.S. was actually down at half, but Tyrese Halliburton was kept in with that. St- I guess it was kind of a mix of the bench guys and the starters there in the fourth quarter, but a key stretch. They pulled ahead, and they won by 12. Uh, Nikola Vucevic for the Bulls was the leading scorer for Montenegro. So now the United States moving on to the final eight. They will play one more game coming up on Sunday before we get into the one and done format. But Halliburton outstanding as usual. Ten points, six assists, no turnovers. Yeah, quickly in the NFL, Vikings signed TJ Hawkinson to a record deal. He gets four for 66. That's 42 and a half guaranteed as well. Uh, Yeah, he's not going to like that. And also, Gil Brandt passed away. The uh, the great Gil Brandt. I I did get to interview him twice. He is uh, a major, major reason why the Combine is not only was ever in Indy, 100%. but has stayed in Indy for as long as it has. Yeah, he passed away. Uh, he was 91 years old, and the ACC expanded today. SMU, Cal, and Stanford, welcome to the ACC. The All-Coast Conference. SMU, Boston College. Can't wait for that one. A Tuesday night ACC network tip. Be on the edge of my seat for that one. A couple items of note for this weekend. Obviously, week three of high school football. Boy, talk about a great night. Yeah, I mean, walking to the car this morning, it just felt like fall. Felt like September. Going to be great for high school football before it warms up a little bit more here this weekend. Uh, again, we've got Indiana and Purdue kicking off. It's 3.30 tomorrow for the Hoosiers. Our coverage begins over on WIBC at 2.30. Purdue is a noon kickoff. Do you make anything of the noon kickoff time, which means Fresno State, that would be 9 no. o'clock back home? No. I'd like to, but no. I don't. Do you? I, I, just, I, I mean, just, no, it's something you have to bring up, but do I? You ask me my opinion. My opinion is not really, no. Just looking for Sorry. reasons maybe to <laughs> see if the line should shift one way or the other. Notre Dame's got Tennessee State's uh, Eddie George, the coach of Tennessee State. How about that? that? Uh, the first time in Notre Dame's program history they'll ever play an FCS opponent. I think it's them and USC 
one of the last two schools uh, to have not played an FCS So you're lower opponents. in the standards there, I see. Uh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. A little lower in the standards, I guess. I think the know? schedule speaks for itself I'm yes, it does. this season. Uh, and again, the Portland race for IndyCar coming up Sunday at 3 o'clock. One of two races left in the season. We'll see if Alex Plow can finally clinch that title as Scott Dixon has won back to back races. All right, it's time for the pop quiz. Freebie Friday oil change from Jiffy Lube going your way next. 317 239 1070. Have you studied? Can you? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Handle the pressure. Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, fellas, pop quiz time. I'm looking at some of these. I'll give you a hint. There's a tennis question to end things. Oh, Number five. Uh, and Holiday weekend. People are looking forward to traveling. You're going to go tennis <laughs> on us. No, no, we usually do the thing where we rotate. Like I take one, questions one, three, and five, and then KB takes two and four, and we rotate days. Sometimes I look at the questions, and there's like like three names I don't know. I kick those over to KB. Yeah, I'll do two. I'll do two and four. I'll do the easy ones. Yeah, you can say you've been. Very quick to that. I'm like, you like is that, there something you? behind uh, you Sometimes. Know, that brain of yours there? It's not very high on the Kevin Bowen bucket list, but it is on it. Okay. I would at some point like to attend a U.S. Open night session with like a couple of Americans, oh, yeah. like deep in the tournament. I think that'd be pretty. I'd just love to see like Arthur Ashe Stadium and sure, um, you know, everything Flushing Meadows related there. Because uh, I've never really been to a competitive tennis match, to be honest. With you. What is it, Wimbledon, where the where you get the where you get the champagne, the drinks, yeah, like thirty two dollars champagne. See, I'm afraid there, like I would, I, I would do something that would get me kicked out. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I belong okay. there. All right, I told you we're doing. I'm crossing the SEC game bucket list off. I know you are. I'm, I'm jealous. You're going yeah. to what Tennessee, Georgia, yeah, Tennessee, it's a good Georgia. Game. Yeah, really, really looking forward to that during the Colts. By week. All right. Uh, as Andy said, it is time for the pop quiz. It is a freebie Friday, so no matter what happens, Jiffy Lube oil change going your way. 317-239-1070. Andy Sweeney, a number. Uh, yeah, let's go number three. Mark? Three, Mark. James. James. Yeah, actually a Shane. Shane. Ah. Coach Shane Steichen, how are we? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. How are you guys this morning? Doing great. I Sh- wish it were. Shane, what part of town are you calling from? Well, uh, right now I'm at the office between 22nd, uh, around 22nd and uh, college. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But gotcha. I'm from Greensburg. 
Okay, so 22nd Greensburg. Is that the Pirates? Yes. Okay, 22nd in college. I, I used to venture over to the Mashcraft in that area, Loco. Uh, I used to live briefly at like 27th in Delaware. It's a nice spot. Okay. Yeah, yes, it is. Nice. You guys good? You and James? You, 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 Shane! Anymore? Shane! Anymore? Or Shane, excuse Shane. me. Shane, I'm sorry. Mark, how do you get re- James out re- of that? Re- I don't know. I, There's radio noise in the background. I don't know. It's okay. Shane. Shane, it's I don't know. I've got donuts and PBR. I'm uh, clearly, you, you, you've <laughs> already bet on, it here. He's got a bet on Hawaii as well. Hey, Shane, congrats on calling in on a Friday. It's a freebie Friday. Andy, you got yeah, anything you want to lead off with number one? Am I doing number one? Oh, I'm no, doing no, You're one. doing number oh, gosh, one. No, I'm, stick, I'm sticking you with the, uh, with the tennis question. Me. Yeah, come on. I always like the valley on this team's jersey. The V right there on the neck. Yeah. Uh, all right, Shane, number one here. The Boilermakers open their college football season tomorrow. Who do they play? Ooh. Oh, come uh, on, Shane. They play Fresno State. There Shane, go. I was going to get nervous Fresno there. State. It was a multiple choice question. I didn't even want to go there, so thank you for not uh, having me to go there. All right, question number two, Shane. The NFL season opens Thursday night with the Lions facing the Chiefs in Kansas City. The Colts last played in the Thursday night season opener in 2007 following their win in Super Bowl 41. Who did the Colts play in that 2007 season opener? Was it A, the Saints? The Saints. Saints. That was my son's birthday. Look at that. He's two for two. Shane, you are all over it there. All right, number three here. Ronald Acuna Jr. became the first member of the 30-60 club in Major League Baseball last night when he hit a grand slam for home run number 30 on the same day he got married, which is just absurd. He also became the second player in MLB history to record 150 career homers and 150 stolen bases before turning 26. Who was the first? Ricky Henderson, Jose Canseco, Tony with a C, or Mike Trout? Uh, Before you gave choices, um, Ricky Henderson popped in my head first. So it's probably Canseco, but I'll go with Henderson. Shane, are you a fan of Shane Steichen? Uh, Yes. I think he's a really smart and confident individual. I think players uh, really like the swagger that he brings in kind of more of an intelligent way than anything. All right, Ricky Henderson, he went with Andy. All right, number four on this day in 2007, one of the biggest upsets in college football history took place at the Big House in Ann Arbor as fifth-ranked Michigan fell 34-32 to Appalachian State on that last-second field goal. We all remember it. Who was the Wolverines head coach at the time? Was it A, Lloyd Carr, B, B, Rich Rodriguez, C, Brady Hoke, D, Gary Moeller. Um, Rich Rodriguez. It's not the first game in Big Ten Network history. Huh. I believe that is true. I like right. that. Uh, number five here. I mean, Scotty, what? All right, defending U.S. Open men's single winner Carlos Alcaraz picked up a straight set win in the second round at the U.S. Open on Wednesday to improve to 13-1 all-time at Flushing Meadows. Name the only player to defeat Alcaraz at the U.S. Open. Is it A, Novak Djokovic, B, Felix Auger Aliasame, Casper Rudd, or Tommy Paul? Um, 
Yeah, uh, Shane, you and me both, yeah. man. Let's pick B. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with B. That's why we got donuts and PBR in here on a Friday. Alcaraz retired with an injury in Pretty the quarterfinal good. match. Good. So what? He was like 19, Scotty, yeah. during that U.S. Open. 18. 18. Jeez, uh, that was a great effort from Shane. I mean, Shane, four out of five. He only missed what number three? The Acuna question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Uh, yeah, he uh, got Fresno State as Purdue's opponent. The Saints, ah! that was a route. 41-10. to 10, Colts that over the Saints there. Rich Rod was indeed <laughs> the coach. And, uh, yeah, Felix with a bunch of A's in his name. Uh, Correct, though. But Andy, number three? Yeah, the the one he missed was Mike Trout. Uh, Acuna did it, then Mike Trout did it. That's when Mike Trout actually played baseball, you know, now instead of missing five months every year. The App State, the Big House Michigan game, I mean, for me, and I'm I'm 39 now, okay? Uh I feel like, like in my lifetime, if you made a top ten of games that, like, would be in my lifetime that people would remember, that's one of them. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Right? I mean, just because of what it meant at the time, how it ended at the time, the call, the radio call at the time of the App State guys losing their you-know-what, that's a top 10. It might be even top five or six. I I, want to say the guy's name was Corey Lynch who blocked the kick. He was actually a Colt safety for a little bit. He actually went on to have an NFL career. Yeah, that's the one that, like... As a Notre Dame fan, it's like you're always going to have that, which is really ha- I'm really happy about that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, does, now if do Notre we get, Dame loses well, to Tennessee I, I was, State, tomorrow. I was about to say, settle down. They won't <laughs> now. They won't lose to Tennessee State. Yeah, I don't. Do we get one of those? Do we get a? Do we get a big time team in week number one that stubs their toe? We were like, what the hell? I feel like you always have like South Dakota or South Dakota yeah. State like pulling off one of those. Or at least there's going to be there's going to be a game right in the fourth quarter where it's like, sure. like is this team going to throw away their season? on September well, the 2nd. Uh, again, the Appalachian State-Michigan one is like, it's the one where we're scrambling in week one being like, what channel is this game on? What what do I need to subscribe to? To like, I mean, I would love to, I'm sure there's been some oral history on the Michigan-Appalachian State game, but can you imagine, Andy, like people scrambling to try and find Big Ten Network? Oh yeah, well, how I'm trying to even remember how widely distributed was it at the very yeah. beginning because it was a big deal. I mean, now now you know you're gonna have to sure. pay a couple extra dollars if you want the ACC or Pac-12 or whatever uh, you know whatever it may be. I have locked in my Purdue and Indiana picks okay. for the weekend. Good teams. We'll give those out on the other side. It is the wake up call. KB and Andy, one final time this week. All right. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Last segment here on this Friday, hanging out with you. The wake up call, KB and Andy. KB, are we gonna have to? Uh, are we gonna have to uh, bend the knee here? Well, what, what do we do? It's not our fault. Scotty exiting the studio yeah. there. Um, thank you to Alan for pointing this out. Uh, Lloyd Carr, the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines in 2007, not Rich Rod. It was his final year. And then Rich Rod took over and didn't want big offensive linemen in the Big Ten. He wanted small offensive linemen, and then he did not work out. So it was Lloyd Carr's final year. 
Which I thought I remembered him looking confused, but, you know, I'm not good at sports trivia, so I didn't say anything. I bit my tongue, and I sat over here, and I said, yeah, you're damn right it's Rich Rod. Yeah, I just I just remember the field goal. I don't really remember an iconic shot of, like, Lloyd Carr on the sidelines, should I? Well, I remember there was a kid they kept showing in the crowd who looked, you know, confused, heartbroken. <laughs> drunk. Drunk at what just happened. Uh, you know, by 3 o'clock, his college football season was over that day. I have decided to go with Purdue Moneyline. Okay. All right. All right. I, I don't, the four and a half kind of worries me, yeah, but I'll, I'll take should. a win in Ryan Walters' debut. And I'm going for the Indiana Hoosiers to cover. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, I've you know, I've Mark, all- you sound like you disagree. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going Purdue money line, but I'm taking Ohio State to cover the 29 and a half. Can we not get 38 to 10? No. Yeah, I think Ohio State's going to put up 50. Two different quarterbacks. See, I'm, I'm Two a guys little, that haven't started. I'm a little bit with KB on this one. If Ohio this, State's offensive line sounds like it's got a little bit of a question mark. Well, if this game was in like a month, month and a half, it yeah, might weird be different. Things happen in openers. Yeah, all Indiana has to do is score early. Maybe an Ohio State guy throws a pick. They get to run a little bit of a clock, and then you're covering the number, right? So I, I, I'm with you. I think I have Ohio State winning, but I have uh, obviously. Are you as a Indi- secret kicker? Yeah, I mean, this guy's booming. Come on. Yeah. It's Martin Come on, Grammaticus Mark. son or something. <laughs> Which diehard die IU football fan Joseph texts me Ohio State by 40. Which uh thank you. Which uh, Well, no one no Indiana fan is confident about the football team. Which Grammatica or the ACL. Was it Bill? That was Bill. Was it Bill yeah. by jumping in the air? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I'll have a backdoor cover by Indiana. Ohio State wins. And I have Purdue winning like 24-21, something Every like that. Every time like Rosie's like, oh, chase me, Dad. Or, you know, <laughs> one, two, three, green light, red light. I'm always like, is this going to be my Bill Grammatica moment? <laughs> How did you tear your? How, how did you you know crush your Achilles? Well, yeah, yeah. I was playing green light, red light I know, on a Tuesday. I, know. I thought well, you she was like gonna. Kev, Kevin Hart was in a wheelchair because he tried to do a forty time race with like a former NFL player, and he's like, I'm forty years old, and he like, she's like, when was he tears groin, you, yeah, yeah. He's like, when was the last time you ran full speed like trying See? to compete? I'm like, yep, that's exactly right. And you wanted Joel Erickson and I to do that training camp, but no way, no way. Am I, I going to be doing do that. a deep lunge or something ahead of time? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that'll obviously take care of the 20 years it I haven't stretched. It was Stephen Ridley, who was a good running back Ray for the Ridley. Patriots. I couldn't remember who that was. That's yeah. who it Kevin was, Hart ran against? Yeah, it was Stephen Ridley. Yeah, apparently, well, he says he's going to be in a wheelchair for six to eight weeks. That can't be true. That can't be true. He tore his lower abdomen. God, that sounds horrific. He says, "I, t- I, 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 I blew all my bleep. I oh tore boy. my lower abdomen. <laughs> you go a lot of places yeah, with that. My abductors. <laughs> he said, everything's swollen. I love uh, below the waist, basically. You is asked, what he said. You, before we go anywhere else, <laughs> sorry. With that one, uh, you asked Mark and I during the break. I say we throw it to our listeners. You're going to do some furniture shopping this weekend. Uh, yeah, well, you know, moving in, we're moving into a new home, so I didn't want to move a bunch. We have dogs, and so you know, dogs, you know, and they uh, they they destroy furniture, and it just smells. And you know, we we're going to get new stuff anyway, and now we have a great uh, you know excuse to get new stuff. So yes, um, you know, at some point here in the next few days, literally, and I know there's a bunch of Labor Day deals and everything else. I need furniture. So at the only Sweeney, hit me up. Yeah, I need furniture, and I'm probably gonna have to buy like you know a few things, maybe a couch, maybe a recliner, maybe a couple couches. I don't know. The Sweeney's, you know, we got some money going out here lately. Is this true? A Ball State has opened up the season at Kentucky, then at Georgia. 
Jeez. Oh, man. 26 and a half with Kentucky. Patrick's asking if it'll be over under 38 and a half for Georgia. Oof. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to loyal listener Matt Doty. Yeah, mm. I, I, I'm taking the chirp chirpers, but I don't know. Are you, are you doing that to suck up to somebody? Well, uh, them my covering? mom went there. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of points. Mark Stoops, uh, following him for several years, Mark Stoops can put it in, in park pretty quick. You know, I mean, they can get up by three touchdowns, and, you know, you can empty the bench, a lot of running the football. How's Ball State's defensive line <laughs> over there, KB? Do you, do you have any yeah, idea? <laughs> if I knew about Ball State's D-line, I'd be, uh, I'd be divorced. Um <laughs> Dan's saying, tell Andy to get Flex Steel Furniture. I've had mine for 14 years okay. and, have had, and have two dogs the entire time still going strong. Flex Seal? Is that the name? Steel. Flex steel. 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 Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll write that down. Yeah. We'll see, what, we'll see what we end up with. I don't know. But that's going to be my afternoon. That's going to be my Friday afternoon is trying to find something to put into a new house. That's basically it. Well, you got Labor Day prices. You know, you kick off a 10%. I got no problem with that. Oh, shout out to Mary. Mary, you got to call us more. Mary just texted me and said, uh, tell Andy to ask for Mary at Ethan Allen. Okay. Let me write that down. This. She didn't tell you which location, though, so you just have to go to all of them. I'll just go yeah, to all of them. How many well? are in the area? Right, what else are you going to do this <laughs> this weekend? Again, our coverage for Indiana Ohio State going to be 2.30 over on WIBC. Uh, Purdue, that is a noon kickoff with Fresno State. That's Mike Allstott as the honorary captain there. Uh, Notre Dame, that is a 3.30 kickoff. And again, NFL world, it should be a quiet weekend. Uh, the NFL, CBA, they mandate... Uh, three days off, so today, tomorrow, and Sunday. The Colts will get back to a walkthrough coming up on Monday, and then they will get into that routine, Andy. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practices. Uh, yesterday was out at Colts practice. Again, this is the last time they'll have an official practice until Wednesday. Uh, no Zach Moss still. So is it going to be the Deion Jackson-Evan Hall show in week one? Will they sign a veteran running back here? Another question we can get more into next week. I'm curious, like, I guess two things. How does Shaquille Leonard look, and how many snaps yeah. is he playing? Like, we haven't talked about him enough. Is this back to the right. Shaquille Leonard of I play every snap, or is EJ Speed going to rotate in with him? And then this is just the harsh reality of professional sports and the type of money that these guys make. I mean, Shaq Leonard is paid as a $20 million linebacker. You need that type of return on investment, and... That means you need an elite, elite, unique playmaker that he had been, and will he ever get back to that level? I think that is now the question. It it was an impressive offseason in terms of the quantity of reps. He played that preseason opener, uh, didn't have a a tackle in in that. He was only out there for six snaps, so he hasn't had a tackle uh, since last November. So obviously Mm. that'll be something new a week from Sunday, but... Uh, again, I think that is a huge part of where you're at Leonard-wise because you know, if you talk about defensive playmaking for this team last year, there wasn't much of it. And the one guy that did it, he's now placed for the Dallas Cowboys and Stephon Gilmore. So how much can Leonard give that to you? Because if he doesn't give that to you, I know that agent is the same agent as Jonathan Taylor's, but that could be one where you have a conversation at the end of the year 
contractually and is there a, can you get out what's the financial hit of that i know that's you know probably not a storyline we need to have on september 1st but something this, to keep an eye on this is you know as we go into the long weekend and we get ready for week number one with the colts in jacksonville is there what do you think and again this is just throwing this out there in the last couple minutes what what do you think between us leaving here at 10 o'clock and when we get back on tuesday and then you know it's game week and we're you know we're doing the normal things to get ready for Sunday. Is there a Jonathan Taylor story that I, we I that, so. that, that we talk about other than it's all quiet and he's just on pup and we focus on the running backs that are there and we focus if Zach Moss is going to be healthy and those you know the the, the play of Anthony Richardson and you me- and mentioned Shaq is it is it just that or does or does a you know does does a day or two next week get swallowed up by Jonathan Taylor news do you think I would think for the next couple of weeks and this is probably the kiss of death but I would think for the next couple of weeks Andy it should be relatively quiet. Again, and he's out for four weeks. He can't practice. Now the question becomes, when does the big running back injury occur? Well, I mean, Jeff Wilson's out for Miami. That's not a big running back, but they have a, they're have a running back by committee, and he's right. 40% of that running back by committee. But again, do you see a team that maybe isn't Miami or Green Bay, and they have the big running back injury, and now they potentially could you know, have some interest in that. So I think that, hopefully, for everyone's sake, it'll be quiet on the Taylor front, at least for a little bit of September. All right, everybody have a great weekend out there. Um, Andy, enjoy the yes. furniture shopping. Appreciate Good it, guys. luck to your wife. Hopefully yeah. she enjoys we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, that we'll chaos see. here. And uh, good luck to the Boilermakers, the Hoosiers. Again, a noon tip for Purdue with Fresno State tomorrow. Indiana's got Ohio State at 3.30. Notre Dame is also at 3.30. And chirp, chirp, the Cardinals in Lexington <laughs> to take on Kentucky at noon. Everybody enjoy the holiday weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy all week long here on The Fan.